We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio Appreciate this, uh, Lewis. The conversation last night at dinner, me, Danielle, and Gabriel. Better music, the 80s or the 90s. And, of course, Pearl Jam was part of that 90s classic grunge rock band era. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, that's my wife's favorite. I, I uh, maintain the 80s was the best music. Gabriel torn in between his two parents. I love Pearl Jam. I love Eddie Better. I'm going 80s over 90s. What about you? Well, why can't you do both? Can't. Got to pick one. Okay. I'll go 60s. I like what you're saying. Yeah. It is uh, 607. I'm going 40s, by the way. <laughs> 40s. Yeah, Bernie's not kidding. He does like that stuff. <laughs> 607 on uh, your Thursday morning. That is the voice of the great Bernard McGurk as we uh, get going with a bunch of really good guests today and lots to discuss. And I guess, uh, Bernie, we'll start right here. We got the Bass 30 uh, called up. From a McDonald's in the East Village, just kind of hanging out and eating. We didn't really catch him. He, he was able to avoid arrest that day by walking across the platform, going on another train. A whole night went by, a whole morning went by, and he decided in a McDonald's yesterday, in up is an up, and yeah. uh, called the cops, and now we've co- got him. Let me get a cot and some a hot meal. Let me get in, uh, you know, inside some decent shelter, so he called the police. Apparently he bought a uh, metro card himself, <laughs> and yeah, and he was wandering around, and yeah, one of, the, among other people, he was one of the people who, who uh, made that phone call. But amazingly, he's uh, already out on bail. Incredibly, I mean, <laughs> no, these, he's these bail laws are so lax. <laughs> nah, I kid, uh, I just yeah. But uh, here's uh, one of the uh, juicy tidbits: was uh, Rudy Giuliani actually gave out the description and the plate number of his U-Haul truck. And then some guy who was parking in front of the truck on King's Highway was listening to Rudy Giuliani, and he saw the plate. He saw the truck. Yep. And it was because he was listening to Giuliani. He called the police, and that's how they got the truck. 77 WABC, literally, uh, if you're listening to Bernard right now, part of the arrest, or at least not the arrest because he did turn himself in, but part of the manhunt. For Frank James, which again did end yesterday afternoon, and uh, he didn't look all that upset. He uh, <laughs> he had a big smile on his face, a big smirk, as hey. if uh, that's right, this is me. And then you know you talk about he's out on on bail already today and all that stuff. But the truth is, he has been arrested, like most of these people have, time and time again in different states. So here it is, another classic example of somebody who's allowed to rant hateful stuff on social media while Donald Trump gets banned for life and has an arrest record as long as the home run list for Barry Bonds. And by the way, 
He wasn't 5'5". Five, five. I'm sorry. He was a lot bigger than 5'5". Five, five. I don't know where they got that from. So they got the five, the, the height wrong and uh, all the fake news people, they got the, well, they, they never even reported on his color. So maybe that was part of the reason why nobody nailed him because he was bigger than 5'5". Five, five. You see him, he's on a par with the cops who were arresting him, and they're not 5'5". Five, five. But, uh, yeah, they got him, and that's a good thing. And uh, the social media part of it, he was uh, able to uh, – so, so you know they, they they talk about policing hate speech, but it only goes one way, and uh, they didn't never flag this guy, and his rants are still up there. I mean, it was just really really disgusting what big tech does to show how uh, you know just show how unfair they are, how biased they are with with all this. I think Eric Adams actually called them out on that yesterday. He did. Uh, he did. Yeah. He called out social media. He also called out Black Lives Matter. So I guess you got to give some kudos to Mayor Eric Adams right there. He's like, where are you guys tonight? You know, this is a black guy yeah. who shot predominantly black people. And uh, you guys with your multi-million dollars and your billions of dollars, once again, nowhere to be found. So good job there by Eric Adams calling out social media and uh, BLM. But again, another hateful crime committed in the city that he promised to fix. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, no, his uh, results, we want results. That's all. We don't want... Words, uh, they're one thing. That's a good thing, reassuring the words in the, during the campaign and some of the things he says now, but we need results. And this, this, this last, uh, you know, terrorist incident, and that's what it is. And they never charged him as a terrorist, and they should, because uh, he did everything a terrorist does. He has an agenda, a political agenda. He wanted to start a race war. He has all kinds of, uh, you know, hate against whiteies. As a matter of fact, hate against everybody, hate against uh, Asians, Latinos, Jews, all this stuff. But either way, if it was, uh, of course, if it was a, a, a white Trump supporter, he'd be charged with terrorism. There's no doubt about it. Well, he's being arraigned today, and uh, last I saw, they still may charge him with terrorism. That has not been taken off the table yet. So that is that is what I read earlier this morning. Now, Chief Essig was uh, on the scene. He gave us all the information about this guy yesterday. We've got four or five cuts here, all very short, but they tell the story. In this one, he talks about this uh, Mr. James, known to us because of three different states. Bernard, this is, excuse me, Lou, this is Chief Essig, 35. Mr. James is a male, 62 years old. He is known to us and has ties in Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York City. Yeah, actually, five states. And then, as we just talked about, Bernie, the chief did talk about the prior arrests, and there are plenty. This is Chief Essig Lou, number 36. His arrest history in New York is nine prior arrests, dating from 1992 to 1998. By the way, not just New York. He's also been arrested more than once in the great state of New Jersey. He has cut 37. He has three arrests in New Jersey. 1991, 1992, and 2007. The gun that he bought, that he used actually two days ago, he bought in Ohio, dating back to 11 years ago in 2011. But if you're interested in how Frank James remained on the loose and how he escaped, Chief Essig explained that too. We believe, but this is still early in the investigation, that after firing his weapon 33 times at innocent New York City subway riders, Mr. James boarded an R train that had pulled into the station, went one stop up, and exited at 25th Street Station. So the funniest part about uh, watching the coverage yesterday, uh, Bernie, is that 
I'm uh, keeping up all day with WABC, and I'm reading what's going on at NewYorkPost.com. And the manhunt is on, the manhunt is on. And the second story, right underneath the manhunt is on, Bernard, with two pictures of Frank James, has, this is unbelievable, Bethany Frankel, a star of the Real Housewives of New York. Bethany Frankel claims New York is no longer safe. Now, I get it. It's called the Real Housewives of New York. But you got to tell me, of all the people in New York City, the second story down from the top story at NewYorkPost.com has Bethany Frankel talking about New York. And just in case you are interested... Here's what she had to say. This subway situation is terrifying, and New York is not what it used to be. So I don't care how many Instagram pictures of beautiful flowers and vines there are down the exterior of a restaurant or how many pictures of pen ale of vodka people want to take and how great the nightlife is in Fashion Week. New York City is not safe, okay? I'm just telling you because I have a daughter, and I'm the dorky parent, who doesn't want my daughter walking around the city when the other parents say, we're hands off and they Uber and they walk around and go buy makeup on their own. And I'm like, well, hell no, because it's scary. You know, she started out all that audio by saying, Benny, about two years ago, she evoked the name of Jerry Seinfeld. She said Jerry Seinfeld said that this is still the greatest city in the world during the COVID and uh, nobody should leave. So she took a shot at Jerry Seinfeld, which I do all the time, and my friend Corey Zelnick, our dear friend, who keep claiming New York City is back. But events like this from just two days ago really do tell you why people are leaving, not just taxes, but the crime. This is a bad story for New York City. Horrible story. I mean, you're just capping off all the uh, other incidents that that occurred. And I'll, I'll go back to this. Since Mayor Adams was sworn in, just... Uh, Again, what is it, a 45% rise in crime, 70% rise in subway crime, and then you, you throw this on top of it? No, the perception is that things are really, really out of control under the, the person that we thought was going to, you know, a, a, a correction course, the whole thing, and it hasn't happened so far. Again, words are one thing, deeds are another, results are another, Eric Adams, and we want some results quickly. And that goes for you, too, Kathy Hochul, you loser. (laughs) Well, listen, I will tell you this, Kathy Hochul, they smell the blood in the water. And I'll tell you how my day ended yesterday, Bernard, after you had that great show, you and I. I'm doing commercials in Chris Libertini. He's a sound guy at the station in his studio. And my phone rings. You ready for this? It's Tom Swazi. Swazi is running for governor on the Democrat side. First thing I say to Tom is... How'd you get my number? That's the first thing I say to him. Don't worry, I've got friends. Long story short is he wants to come on the show. I said, fine, you can come on. You're running for governor. So now the Democrats, the Democrats, forgetting about Giuliani and Zeldin and Astorino, they smell blood, too. And then funny, after I get the call from Tom Swazi, Bernie, I leave the building. I'm walking towards Grand Central Station. I'm only two blocks away, and I bump into Laura Curran, another Long Island Democrat who was having lunch with a friend somewhere in the city on Madison Avenue. So within five minutes, I I bump into, I get a call from Tom Swazi. I bump into Laura Curran. I'm going, oh my God, it's Democrat Day for Sid Rosenberg on ABC. But the truth is, again, the Democrats, like the Republicans, smelling blood in the water with Kathy Hochul. And rightly so. Brian Benjamin turns out uh, seven months before she picked him. Uh, the, the investigation began. It wasn't public, but it was known in political circles 
So her vetting, uh, you know, she said she chose carefully and all this stuff. She picked a radical leftist BLM supporting corrupt politician. So her, uh, you know, her political acumen uh, definitely uh, it, it doesn't exist. Is what it, it just does not exist. Either that or she's just she she was fine with it. Either one of the two. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, blood in the water. She's very very vulnerable, and Swazi smells it. And he may very well uh, look if she wins the primary. Uh, the odds-on favorite for her pick for lieutenant governor, from what I understand, is Tom Swazi. Well, we'll see. If he's really nasty to her today on this radio show, that may change. Because I get the feeling, again, a quick conversation with Swazi yesterday, that he smells the blood and he wants to win the whole thing. So I'm not sure he's going to be very nice to Kathy Hochul well, today. Listen, I don't want any of these creeps in the uh, governor's mansion in Albany getting sworn in in January of 2023. I don't want any of them. Tom Swazi included. I want Zeldin. I want Giuliani. I want uh, Astorino. Those are the people that are going to fix this state. These other people, they're Democrats. Remember that. They're Democrats through and through, and they're not going to fix this state whatsoever. So uh, I, I keep that in the back of my head whenever I hear names like Swazi or Hochul or any of these people. Uh, they're just not going to do it. we got to stop this one-party rule here in uh, New York. It's, it's killing us. It's killing the state. I don't want more of the same. Can't argue that. Although Swazi claims he's more uh, towards the middle, more centered. Right. We'll see. we got sure. four great guests today, starting with talking about Republicans and Democrats. The man who leads the Republicans in New York State, and he's got an opportunity now to really come up big for his party. That's our good buddy Nick Langworthy here at 640. 740 live in studio celebrating a birthday today. Dear, dear friend and the best defense attorney in the country, Joseph Tacopina. 840 Bill O'Reilly is back after last week's vacation. And once again at 905, we'll talk to Tom Swazi. So four really good guests today. We've got Beat Bernie. We've got Lydia. All the stuff you want to hear. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number 1-800-848-9222 plus two play-in games in the nba last night the rangers back on the ice and the mets and yankees in action as well big thursday morning show with bernie and sid keep it right here we're back on 77 wabc right after this talk radio 77 wabc Well, you talk about Throwback Thursday. <laughs> now, I played this because we were just talking about Bethany Frankel, and this is Beth by the drummer of Kiss, Peter Chris. So that was a genius coming out of Lou Ruffino. It's still Throwback Thursday to me. Well, yeah. It reminds me of uh, the old days, of course. This was a huge hit back then. Bethany Frankel. Hey, by the way, she is, uh, oh, God almighty, she's, she's gross is what this woman is. But uh, I guess she's a player. You know, she got a, a huge following. These people, uh, this is the real housewife of New York, wasn't she once at one point? She is the major star of that show. She's kind of the, she's like Teresa, New Jersey. She is still the face of Real Housewives of New York. She was on it. She came back a second time. 
And, of course, she's got that skinny line of vodkas and drinks that has made her yeah. millions and millions and millions of dollars. And she is a player. She's on page six a couple yeah, of times exactly. a week. She dated Alex Rodriguez at one point. Freaking, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Bethany Frankel out in the Hamptons, uh, you're frolicking in the surf. I don't want to see that. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. But she does look terrible. But it is just funny that the second most popular story online with a manhunt going on for a guy right, that tried right, to right, kill right, people right. is her. Well, speaking of that, uh, Rudy Giuliani, I told you about this, uh, him giving out the license plate. It's a, the description of the truck. And some gentleman was listening to Rudy Giuliani, parked right in front of the truck, saw the truck, and then he called the police. WABC, uh, Rudy Giuliani, John Katsimatidis, furthering law enforcement in New York. Please play the cut, Lou, please. 30. And they're looking for a U-Haul with Arizona license plates. I don't know if this still applies, but this is the last notice that I got. AL31408. And by the way, all U-Hauls have Arizona plates. So let's not assume he comes from Arizona. So there he is. He fought crime for years as mayor saved countless, countless lives, most of them black. And he's still fighting crime, still fighting to solve crimes. Rudy Giuliani. God bless him, America's mayor. And this, the, the, the mayor that we have right now, i got to tell you something. He, uh, I don't know, he's, he's very woke, first of all. But uh, also, uh, let's see, uh, this is cut number two. Eric Adams on, on, on crime uh, being essentially due to social injustice. Cut 18, Lou. Mr. Mayor, what direction is this city headed in terms of public safety? As you sit here this morning, the morning after a mass shooting, is it really getting better? We are going to get better. This is going to be a safe city. But let's be clear. We're dealing with uh, historical uh, inequalities, historical abandonments and failures. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Gilbert. That's funny, right, Gilbert? That is funny. Historical inequality. We're dealing with bad laws. We're dealing with lenient judges and prosecutors and and, uh, no-cash bail laws and incompetent jerk politicians like Kathy Hochul. What are you talking about? Inequity or whatever the hell he said. Well, just, you know, uh, people like him this morning, the socialists, uh, were saying that, uh, you know, at least during the manhunt, that uh, how pathetic, really, the New York Police Department is that we put more subways, uh, more cops, I should say, on the subways and still can't find this guy. So instead of, uh, you know, knocking, uh, knocking out uh, Frank James and the criminals, the socialists and people that Eric Adams talks to these folks were knocking the police yesterday for not finding this guy. And by the way, while Eric Adams and Keyshawn Jewell were taking a victory lap and, and patting each other on the back, they did not find this guy. The guy called in himself. The guy said, come get me. I'm out of McDonald's in the East Village. Last I checked, no? Oh, absolutely. There's no question So about what's it. with the victory lap? Like, oh, our hard work and we found the guy that the fat bastard was able to walk around the city basically for a day after shooting 10 people until he called the cops. Yeah, no, no, it was premature. There was no victory. They did, they did nothing. Hey, look, they were grandstanding. They're politicians. And uh, another thing Eric Adams said, I mean, he should be furious over what happened at that, at that subway station earlier this week. Cut 27. Play that, little please. My brother is qualified uh, for the position. Oh, I'm sorry. Cut 26. Utilize social media and utilize uh, their thoughts on not only crit- criticizing or critiquing, but turning that uh, their thoughts and processing uh, into violence. This is unacceptable. Uh, there's one thing to critique the actions of any government official, but to take 
an automatic weapon, unload 33 rounds into a subway system wearing a gas mask, using a a smoke bomb to carry out a deadly action is not acceptable. And we are going to apprehend him, prosecute him. So here's the point. He's using the word it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable is a a very uh, innocuous, weak word. It's not only unacceptable. I mean, unacceptable is, uh, you know, throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> what this guy did was outrageous. Yes. It, it, this is death Evil. penalty stuff. I Evil. agree. Evil. And I mean, it reminds me, Bernie, of somebody you and I talk about all the time. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. And the same feckless type of leadership, and that is Barack Obama. After every terrorist attack, I mean, what happened in France, that was just unreal how, how horrible that was. And time and time again, he was more concerned about people treating Muslims badly and lumping Muslims together. He was always apologetic after a terrorist attack and always never seemed angry, never seemed pissed. That's what Eric Adams reminded me of yesterday. Another politician that should have been throwing things at the wall and like Barack Obama instead was very, very calm. Absolutely right. We want, like we've said before on other issues from Adams, we want some passion. We want some anger because what's happening is, is, is just the city is just crumbling is what it is. It's falling apart. He's not doing anything about it. He's pretty cavalier about what's happening. And then there's this. Of course, it was all due to this uh, Frank James, his, uh, his racism, his black nationalism, his whole agenda. I mean, again, if he was a, a, a Muslim and he was espousing ISIS stuff, he would be charged as a terrorist, just just like this guy should be. But in, in, in any case, it was black nationalism, black supremacy. But Eric Adams, remember this back in January when he was talking about his brother trying to hire him for security? Now it's Cut 27. Lou, go ahead. My brother is qualified uh, for the position. Uh, Number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes. I have to take my security in a very serious way. So just like (laughs) that's funny. That is funny. uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Absolutely right. It's laughable. It really is. Again, just like Biden, Mayorkas and the rest of these creeps invoking white supremacy, phantom white supremacy. It just doesn't exist, folks. There's no evidence of it. Where? By the Where way, is Frank, it? Frank, mean, James, some... Frank James did the same exact thing. So congratulations, Eric Adams. You're now on the same boat as Frank James, who claimed whites and white supremacy is ruining this country. Yeah. Makes no sense whatsoever. And uh, uh, Kathy Hochul yesterday, the governor, this woman was just embarrassed herself two days ago. Uh, you know, she was a mic whore. She was like an old uh, church lady screaming into the microphone. This has to stop. This crime has to. We're not going to take it. Shut up. Shut up. Go back to, uh, you know, go bake some cookies or something. Anyway, here she was yesterday on her weak-ass bail reform 
that passed the uh, state legislature earlier this week. Cut 20, Lou, please. People need protection, and we believe that these common sense changes, again, we're not undoing bail reform. We're just saying, where are some of the weaknesses? We'll give you a chance to dissect and understand all the elements. They really have been written uh, up until not too long ago. Oh, my God. The more I hear of her. Uh, The bail reform only includes, essentially, crimes committed with a gun. That's it. And a lot of the crimes committed, a lot of the brutal assaults committed, the sucker punches, the pushes onto the subway tracks, sexual uh, crimes, they're not, they're not performed, you know, with a gun. They're, they're performed at the hands of people by individuals, and they, then they don't cover her bail reform, do not, does not cover those crimes. Lee Zeldin reacts to that particular statement right there, cut 21 low. She sold for absolutely nothing. I mean, the, the starting point when we were all calling for this at the beginning of the budget process, she said she needed to see more data. You just see more data. How about you add up the press clippings of you know someone re- released on an arson and rearrested on a double manslaughter, someone released on cashless bail in the name murder 93-year-old Connie Torrey in Syracuse. There's your data if you add up all the press clippings. Now, you want to focus on illegal firearms. There's a conversation to be had. Fine. But that when someone's pushed in front of an oncoming subway car and they lose their life, someone's mm-hmm. stabbed to death in their apartment in lower Manhattan, they're punched because they're Asian or they're wearing a yarmulke or they're a Sikh cab driver. If someone's being knifed outside of an apartment or they're Small businesses being looted. All of these crimes have nothing to do with guns. So yeah, yep. he's exactly uh, a he thousand is, percent and, correct. And we had just yesterday, Bernie, two more examples, two more just yesterday of knife violence on the subways. Bingo, exactly, not covered, and that's the point. I don't want her to get away with uh, uh, you know ho- hoaxing the people into thinking that she repealed or reformed the no cash bail law. Hardly. It was weak. It was just the beginning, just a starting point. Uh, it's, it's, so let's dismiss that notion right now. Kathy Hogel did not change the no-cash bail law. What she did was just baby steps. Traffic and Sports City, we're going to speak to Nick Langworthy. He's a chairman of the Republican Party. But Traffic and Sports coming up next right now. It's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Greg Kelly today and every weekday afternoon, 1 to 3 p.m. here Greg explains how he found out about the name of the subway shooter. And we have to thank Rudy Giuliani and his entire team at WABC because, guess what? We know who this guy is, Frank James, possibly in part because of a guy like Rudy Giuliani. Well, here's what happened. Uh, Rudy gets the information that they're looking for a U-Haul, and it's got Arizona plates. And he says it right away on the radio. Just as Rudy said, hey, it's got Arizona plates. The guy's listening to the radio, looks out the window. It's got Arizona plates. And it's right in front of my driveway. Calls the cops. Ten seconds later, we know the guy's name. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. All right, NBA play-in games last night. The Hawks blew out the Hornets, and that means now the Hawks will take on the Cleveland Cavaliers for the right to take on the top seed Miami Heat inside the Eastern Conference. Out west, the Pelicans beat the Spurs. That means New Orleans now will take on the Clippers for the right to take on the top seed and reigning champion Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. Hockey last night, Capo Caco, a big night for the Rangers, who now draw within two points of the Carolina Hurricanes for the top spot inside the Metropolitan Division. Rangers shut out the uh, the uh, Flyers last night behind Georgiev 
4 nothing. Here was one of Kako's goals. Just past the midway point, first period in Philadelphia. Here's Kako again, he scores! Hit the crossbar earlier in the shift. Kako Kako gives the Rangers a one nothing lead. It's my buddy Kenny Abbott on the call on TNT. Rangers back on the ice Saturday taking on the Detroit Red Wings. The Yankees, they got Guerrero last night. Vlad Guerrero Jr., not one, not two, but you're about to find out for Michael Kay. Three home runs for the young Toronto star last night. Leading the Yanks and Guerrero hits one deep to left and there it goes into the second hit. His third home run of the game and it's 5-3 Toronto. Four for four and 14 total bases. Michael K. Yes Network. Yankees lose 6-4. to four. They'll play the Jays again later on tonight. The Mets, Max Scherzer, a good start in his second start as a Met. Five strong innings, and the Met offense came alive. They scored nine runs, home runs for Nimmo and Alonzo. They beat the Phillies 9-6 to six to improve to 5-2. and two. Mets enjoy an off day today. Their first home game of the season tomorrow at City Field in Queens. They welcome in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boy. Check them out today and every day at PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Good buddies and, of course, a big-time defense attorney Joe Tacopina live in studio coming up next. I'm Sid with sports. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Off the great album, The Stranger, Billy Joel, Only the Good Die Young, at 642 on your Thursday morning, back here on Bernie and Sid. Still a come famed defense attorney, Joe Tacopina, live in studio. Bill O'Reilly, always a huge segment, coming up at 840. And a Democrat running for Governor Tom Swazi. He'll be here at 905. So I was reminded uh, this morning... I went shopping. I live in Queens now, and I went shopping a couple of days ago with Danielle, and we ended up in uh, Howard Beach and Cross Bay Boulevard. And I was reminded the first time I met Nick Langworthy was at Russo's on the Bay, and it was a, uh, a glorious night. It was a dinner for Republicans running for office in Queens, folks like Joanne Ariola, our dear friend Bernard, Tom Sullivan. And I remember Nick walking into Russo's on the Bay and uh, saying hello to him like it was yesterday. That was a couple of years ago. And now, years later, Nick, who is the head of the GOP here in the state of New York, has to smell the blood in the water, especially the week that Kathy Hochul has had. So with that said, here he is, good buddy of the Bernie and Sid Show, Nick Langworthy. Nick, good morning. How are you, Hello, Nick. Good morning. It's great to be back with you guys. Great to have you back. And again, reminded of that night, Nick, and uh, all you guys making speeches, talking about how the Republican Party is primed for success. And I think now, now, Nick, two years later from that dinner, more than ever, you guys really are primed for success. It could not be going worse for the Democrats than it is right now. How do you take advantage of that? Well, I think we are every single day. And and they have done everything we said back then. And I think that was 2019 in the summer, uh, if I remember correctly. Yes. They've done everything and then worse. And, and I watch Kathy Hochul, you know, just stumble and stammer and prove every single day that she's not up to being the governor of the state 
of New York, and she's she's failed. And and I don't think there could be any bigger failure than your first major decision is to pick a lieutenant governor, and then that person is arrested eight months later <laughs> uh, for all the things that people said he was guilty of back then. And by the way, Nick Langworthy, I love what you call him. Uh, you call him a, a she picked a dirty politician. And by the way, she's Everybody not. Everybody knew he was a dirty politician. Yeah, when exactly. She yeah, right. And 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 I would say, I posit this: she's not far from the dirty politician that he is. Witness that stadium up in Buffalo that she shoved down the taxpayers' throats. I mean, Kathy Hochul said at the beginning of the administration that she was the anti-Cuomo. She was going to be the most transparent governor and run everything differently. One, she got completely rolled by the legislature because she doesn't know what she's doing in the budgetary process. Those legislative leaders spent four, five, six billion dollars more than they did last year when they spent a record amount of money. Uh, you know, the stadium deal. I'm a Bills fan, so it's tough for me to throw too many rocks at it because we do need a new stadium. But oh boy. what kind of negotiation was that? I mean, uh, I, the tax, you know, they're spending, they're spending hundreds and millions of dollars, almost a billion dollars, like it's, like it's penny candy money. Just and, briefly, and, uh, just briefly, to put it, just briefly to put it into context, it's a $220 billion budget, and it's, that is double Florida's budget, yet Florida has 2 million more people than the state of New York. Florida has 21.8, New York has 19.8, and uh, we have double the budget that Florida has filled with pork and waste. And, of course, the uh, she shoved that the no-cash bail reform, quote-unquote reform, into it, which, which really is, is which just is weak, weak brew. Shame. Yeah, exactly. And she's going to run around the state and say how she saved us. I mean, uh, I got to say, I, I hear you're having Tom Swazi on there. He's giving it to her just as well as the Republicans are because this is a sham. They haven't fixed anything. Uh, they needed to put the dangerousness provision to give judges the discretion to decide who belongs on the street and who doesn't. And they didn't do that. And and they refused to do that in the name of stupid politics in the, in the own radical left wing of their party. You know, the, you know, every single day, no matter what part of the state I'm in, I have Democrats that approach me saying, I no longer have a home in the Democratic Party. I'm switching over. I've had enough. It's either we're going to win or I'm leaving. They want common sense to restore in this state, they want to they want to stay here. They want to keep their families together, but they don't think they can. And that's why seventy thousand New Yorkers moved to a single destination of Florida last year. I mean, that, there's upstate cities that are, that's the whole size of the city, and it's just gone. They're gone forever. Yeah, they're not coming back. There's, there's not there's not a whole bunch of people sitting in New, in North Carolina right now saying, you know what, one more year and I'm out of here. I'm moving to New York. Right. No one says things like that. No, I'm going to Kingston. And I'm going to Rome. <laughs> yeah, but, but but there's 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 um, you know New Yorkers every single day thinking about what their future looks like in a different destination in Point South. Something's got to give, and it's this election. People have to wake up. If we keep doing the same thing and you keep voting all the Democrats in, you, you're going to get the government that you voted for and you deserve. Give us a chance to restore common sense. Give us a chance to create real balance in this government and, and just change this once and for all. Let's talk about the field of gentlemen that are running against Kathy Hochul 
Uh, all three of those guys, as you know, Nick, you listen to the show every day. They're on the show all the time. Andrew Giuliani was just on yesterday. Lee Zeldin is on all the time. He'll be back on Monday. Rob Astorino, he's been on a bunch as well. We'll start with those three. Uh, that is a very, very strong field going up against Hochul. And you got to think, if one of those gentlemen can't win come November, then as you said, we get what we deserve, and this state is beyond any hope. you got to think that's a very strong field heading to November. We, we've got you know some of the most talented people coming forward that that all want a better New York. You know our, our party has you know we've had our convention, we've had our vetting, we've gone through the you know that process statewide. You know Lee Zeldin is you know the designated endorsed candidate of the Republican Party. Can you tell us why why why, why uh, he ended up being? We love Lee. Believe me, I'm endorsing Lee too. But why why did he get that endorsement from you guys? Oh, he, he, he simply worked it. I mean, you know, th- these are individual decisions by each of the counties and in the year in and year out Republican parties that, you know, run candidates, you know, perform the party duties every single year. He's been to every every single one of these counties two, three, four times. Uh, he's campaigned, you know, for local elected officials and worked hard and demonstrated the will to win and not just the will to win, the will to prepare to win. He's raised more money than any uh, Republican candidate for uh, statewide office since George Pataki. And, you know, he's put the the apparatus in place, uh, you know, to take this thing, you know, across the finish line in the victory. Now, there's other people that, you know, I do have a lot of respect for in the race. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. They're going through the petition process now. And, you know, we'll see where where we end up in June. But, uh, you know, I think Congressman Zeldin has really put the afterburners on. He's everywhere. He's taking that message, you know, along with a, <clears throat> an amazing lieutenant governor candidate in uh, former NYPD officer uh, Allison Esposito. I mean, she's amazing. And, and she is she's really, you know, taking that law and order message, you know, that back to blue message, proving that the Republican Party stands with law enforcement and wants to make our streets more safe. Nick Langworthy, chairman of the Republican Party of the state of New York. Uh, listen, and Nick, uh, you talked about uh, some comments. That we, we've got to restore common sense. This is the year, of course. If there's any year that we can reprise the uh, George Pataki victory here in New York over Cuomo, this is the year. This is the year, 2022. And I would posit this, uh, Nick. I, I would ask you this question out of left field. I mean, I think uh, we have to put these uh, creepy Democrats on the defensive. I think you have to pro- get one of the state legislators up there in Albany to propose some uh, a similar parental rights act here in the state to put these Democrats on the defensive. You have to, to propose uh, somebody has to propose banning biological males from competing with uh, girls in, 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 in women's sports, in girls sports, high school sports, college sports, et cetera. Put these guys on the defensive. You already have Governor Murphy. Uh, he's, he's already offered a review of these new New Jersey uh, sex education standards. So uh, have somebody propose a law like that and have these people try to defend it because the majority of people are on the side of the, what, what, the three things I just uh, laid out. So I think uh, you know, you know, we have to be a little proactive. Maybe you have plans to do so. Tell us about it. I, I think you're going to see a lot of things happen as we go forward in this campaign. You know, the the incredible thing is just how many issues are there on the forefront that our people are at the breaking point. And this is why 
people are ready to break their voting patterns. I mean, you saw how close that governor's race is in New Jersey uh, last fall. If if the national forces had taken maybe 10 or 15 percent of the money that they spent in Virginia and turned that towards New Jersey, it, there's no doubt in my mind New Jersey also would have elected a Republican governor because I'll go back to what I said before, common sense. You know, this is a this is really a center right country. You know, people believe in traditional values. You know, they want a country better for their kids. They're not woke. They're awake now. They see the damage that's been done in this country just in the last two or three years of this nonsense, the lawlessness we saw in our streets. Uh, and not a damn person has been prosecuted for the looting, the raiding, you know, the mayhem that was caused and the billions of dollars in damage in our in our cities. And, and they've had enough in, in what they're seeing in their kids' schools. Uh, this needs to be turned upside down. And it takes a governor, really a governor. It's not going to take jackasses in the state legislature that run the place. I mean, they're completely pandering to a narrow band of people because in – most of the leadership, they cannot lose an election other than in a primary. So they can't get further enough to the left. They, they've lost their minds. But you need someone that's, a, and, I, and I've said since I ran for chairman, the way to change New York is to change governors of the state of New York. Yeah, you but you could, put those guys, with, you could put those guys on the defensive by proposing these laws and having them oppose them. That's, that's what, basically and, what I'm trying to say. Right. Unfortunately, in New York, we live in the Soviet Union because you can't even you can you can propose a law and it will never get to the floor and it'll never get a vote. It's just like voter ID. Okay. We can't get an up or down vote on any form of voter identification because they won't let it out of committee. And, and we need someone that's willing to go change the laws, change, you know, use the pressures of the budget that the governor has. It's you know, just like you say about Governor Hochul and that, the bills deal. She, she has the power of the pen in that budget process to get what she wants, and the next governor will too. So the changes that need to happen to, to, to snap this state into shape will happen when a Republican sitting in the governor's mansion. Right, we're going to break those super majorities this right, year too in, right. in the Senate and the Assembly. Well, 60 seconds to go. Though, that dinner where I met you, Eric Ulrich was uh, a kid who was up on the rise, liked him a lot, but maybe he'd run for mayor one day. He has now kind of stabbed us in the back and joined the Eric Adams campaign uh, last year, which really shocked me. But young talent, you talked about Miss Esposito as a potential lieutenant governor. Who were some of the young talent, the names, outside of Tom Sullivan, in the Republican Party here in the state of New York? Well, you see some some really you know impressive people running for Congress this year. You know, I see Anthony D'Esposito just announced uh, out of out of Nassau County. I mean, we're we're always excited. I know he's a guest of yours often. Bruce Blakeman, county executive in Nassau County, is just amazing. You know, we won DA races. Uh, you know, Ray Tierney in Suffolk County. Um, you know, Marcus Molinaro is running for Congress against Antonio Delgado. Uh, Colin Schmidt's running against Sean Patrick Maloney, the guy that's actually the campaign manager of the DCCC. Um, you know, th- those are just a few. I mean, we have really the best field at the federal level that I've seen in, in, a, in a very, very long time. You know, our, our, our best days are ahead. This is going to be a massive year for the Republican Party, not just in New York, but uh, across our whole country. But this is really the year that we make the comeback that we've been working on for the last three years. Yeah, Nick Langworthy, let's throw the bums out this year, November of 2022. 
Nick, it's it's in your hands and a few other people's hands. Uh, we uh, entrust all this. You know, it's a huge responsibility, but you're up to the task, and you've been great this morning. So uh, thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid show. And uh, Godspeed. Return quickly. Tell us, update us on uh, what's happening, and uh, we'll be following you. You're kind. Thanks, guys, so much. All right, Nick. Always great having you. Nick Langworthy. There he is. He's chairman of the GOP. Lots of young talent, and he expects a big red wave like the rest of us do as well. Our two are Bernie and Sid on this Thursday right after this. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. Black here on the Bernie and Sid Show on this uh, Friday Eve in the middle of April, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, don't forget your taxes. Don't forget we're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM also. You can watch us at WABCradio.tv on your smart TVs, on your computers. And, of course, uh, we that was a great hour, by the way. All the local news that's uh, fit to speak about here on the Bernie and Sid Show, culminated with an appearance by the head of the chairman of the Republican Party, Nick Langworthy. We will speak uh, later on to Joe Tacopina, famed defense attorney. He's got a lot to say. Also, Bill O'Reilly is coming up this morning. And Tom Swazi. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Who's running for governor on the Democrat side. He's coming up as well. He reached out to us. He's dying to come on this show. One note about Takapina. He uh, Today's his birthday, of course, uh, Bernard. But Monday, he'll be in Congress, where he is actually defending our dear friend, the lovely Kimberly Guilfoyle. Because she has uh, been named in this January 6th nonsense with everybody else. So it's Takapina and Guilfoyle, Congress, Monday, in Washington, D.C. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a strong case. Uh, that January 6th committee is just a an ass clown show is what it is. It's just a, it's a disgrace. So uh, Joe Takapina coming up and uh, we'll hear from him about that. And also, of course, about whether or not this uh, creep should be charged. This black racist should be charged with terrorism. Uh, of course, uh, earlier this week, the inflation numbers out of control, boding well for and I hate to politicize pain. For Americans, but that bodes well for all candidates on the Republican ticket, including the gubernatorial candidates and others here in New York State coming up in November of 22. Uh, but, and, and of course, it's Biden. He's blaming Putin. You've heard all that stuff before. Putin's price hike. It's so embarrassing, so lame. And then yesterday you had the dingbat Kamala, his running mate, maybe the next president of the United States when they yanked this jerk off uh, the top spot. Anyway, this is her on inflation. Listen to her trying to explain inflation. Cut seven, please. 
I acknowledge one must acknowledge um, that prices are going up and that people are working hard and in many cases are worried about whether they can get through the end of the month and make it all work. Nice of her to acknowledge. Would you say that's two glasses of wine, Sid, or would you say (laughs) three? I know there are rumors out there that uh, VP Harris and I say that laughingly, uh, may, uh, may drink a little too much. So I'm going to go with uh, four glasses. Four, four glasses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. At, at least she has an excuse, uh, Camilla, the embarrassment that she is. Uh, our guy, Bill Maher, now he's a liberal. Let's not mistake anything. He's on the wrong side of the don't say gay stuff. But still, he's not a complete and total uh, woke lunatic. Yeah, streaks, though. Like, like, there was like about a two-month period there, Bernie, where you were playing a lot of Bill Moore because he sounded really sane. And over the last three weeks, you played three or four cuts of Bill Moore. Well, once again, he sounds like a maniac. Well, he's back. Uh, he, he was with Joe Rogan talking once again. So that's a good combo right there. Bill Maher, Joe Rogan, they realize uh, Biden is an imbecile. This is part and parcel of uh, the awakening of America. But Bill Maher, again, on how the Democrats left him with Joe Rogan, Cut five, Lou, please. There is a hunger for, I think, in America more than anything, is common sense. Yes. The uh, Away from the extremes, I mean, when people say to me, you know, you're, uh, don't you think you've gotten more conservative? No, I haven't. The left has gotten goofier. I'm always saying to the Democrats, just don't be the party of no common sense. And you will be surprised at how much amazing <laughs> success you will have, yeah. as opposed to what's going to have happen, which is they're going to get their ass kicked in November. <laughs> but they're not listening. They're doubling down. They want to pay. They want to subsidize uh, uh, cutting off wieners, mastectomies, pu- puberty blockers for kids. They just doubled down. So, again, while it's disgusting and revolting uh, behavior and policies on the, parts of, on the part of the Democrats, once again, politically, it bodes well for uh, Republicans here in New York State and nationally. But there is one guy, a friend of yours, a friend of ours, who appeared on the show, but he was uh, closer to you down in Florida, Who? Senator Marco Rubio. That's my boy. I mean, I That's actually, right. believe it or not, I know it's going to sound crazy to you folks, but when Marco was running for senator down in uh, Florida, he ran against Kendrick Meeks and a guy named Charlie Crist. And uh, I was doing a dopey sports talk show down in Miami, and he was on my show quite a bit. In fact, his wife was a cheerleader for many years for the Miami Dolphins. He's a big Miami sports fan. And he credited me with uh, helping him get the win down in Miami. And I think he even uttered that uh, a couple of months ago, Bernie, when he came back on this show with you and I. So that's my yes, guy. He He's my Chris Christie to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's true. That's, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I don't doubt you once, one bit about that. A Marco Rubio, but he's running again. He's running against this lady, uh, this congresswoman, Val Demings. Oh, God. Who used to be a police chief. Yep. So people are blinded by the fact that she was a police chief, even though she's a woke lunatic like the rest of them. Anyway, but it seems to me, based on these comments, that Marco Rubio is in trouble. He was talking about, well, he was talking about Joe Biden, and he veered into uh, his race. Cut 10, Lou, go ahead. Everything is worse than it was when Joe Biden took over. Everything is worse than it was. And frankly, that's why I need people's help. I'm asking them to go to MarcoRubio.com because I'm being outraged because this movement from the left, uh, they know they can't win the election on these issues. They're, 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 what they're trying to do is raise you know, tens of millions of dollars to destroy people, lie to them. Obviously, they'll have a lot of help from the mainstream media. So I need people's help to fight back against this because 
They don't want to hear that story. They don't want people hearing the reality that on every issue, immigration, the economy, our national security, our standing in the world, we are substantially worse off today than we were in January of last year when Joe Biden took over on everything. So go to Rubio.com to help him out. I'm throwing it out there because I love little Marco and I want yeah. to help him out as well. Don't call him that. <laughs> he, he, he cannot lose to this lady, especially not in 2022. No, he could. But, but. but again, the fact that she was a former police chief yeah. is blinding people. And uh, so anyway, I just I pray that Marco Rubio wins. Well, he Could needs uh, Ron, Ron DeSantis needs to uh, step up there and uh, endorse him, say some nice things about him. That can't oh, absolutely. hurt him. Absolutely, right? everybody's got to get on and help him out. Everybody. Now, another senator, a very smart guy, a guy I like, another Latino, uh, like Marco. His name is Ted Cruz. Yep. He's got a podcast. He's brilliant, a brilliant constitutional uh, mind. Ted Cruz. I believe he went to Harvard. Either way, he was he was up at Yale this time. He was re- taping a, a version of his podcast. He got a question from one of these Yale idiot students, and uh, it's a little. It was kind of an indelicate question, but take a listen. You're gonna like this. Take a listen, Cindy. Got thirteen. Assuming that would end global hunger, would you fillet another man? Oh my God! Jesus. All right, I, I actually think it is better that the Yale answer this. <laughs> I, I am curious with that young fellow if it would solve world hunger. Would you vote for Donald Trump? (laughs) Now, what a brilliant answer. That is a great answer. By the way, you did did refer to Marco Rubio as Little Marco, but you did not introduce Ted as Lion Ted. Ted. Puts his hand on the Bible. And he raises it high and tells a lie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's funny. All these guys are great guys, and they're all great politicians, and every one of them got their asses kicked and nicknamed by the aforementioned President Donald Trump. But listen, that was the comeback of the year. I would ask you, would you vote for – I'll turn it around. That's great. Daily. That's great. Would you do the same thing and vote for Donald Trump if it would end world hunger? And you could do that with any one of the issues we're facing right now. If you knew it would sure. end inflation, if you knew the Ukraine-Russia war would end. And, and I will tell you this, and Lydia talked about this yesterday, that they would say no. They hate this guy so much. Maybe not DeSantis, maybe not another Republican, but in ending anything going on wrong in the world today, they still would not vote for Donald Trump. They'd rather see Americans suffer and no be doubt. in pain. No doubt. They're really very, very selfish, just deranged, something in their head, something wrong. Uh, listen, uh, of course, the big thing, I told you, Governor Murphy ordered a review of the sex education standards for kids reacting to the Westfield, uh, New Jersey uh, the, the new curriculum coming up in September that uh, wants to teach kids about, uh, you know, transgenders, that wants to talk about penises and vaginas with second graders. I mean, really offensive, obnoxious, disgusting, revolting, criminal stuff. Uh, Murphy's come around and he says, we want to review this. Well, let me just say this. Uh, there's this thing called liberals of TikTok, and they expose the liberals on TikTok is what they do. They just got banned from Twitter. Just got banned. And a lot of the stuff I played over uh, the past couple of weeks, I got from the liberals of TikTok. And there was here's, here's a, a small version of it. These are three uh, grammar school teachers talking about how they interact with their students regarding uh, issues of sex. I mean, these three need to be locked up. But uh, Cut 22, play that, please, Lou. Man, y'all thought me uh, teaching the children about me being poly was crazy. But... 
Not only that, but they also know that I'm gender fluid. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy a or guess. a girl. Based on what they look like. Penis, and moron. Most of the time, that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um... And, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. I teach my elementary school students about gender identity. Some people are girls, some are boys, mm. some are both, some are neither. So you, if you think this is a manufactured issue on the part of uh, Republicans and the right and parents, uh, this, is, this is what they post on TikTok. And they're influencing even kids outside of the classroom. And Libs of TikTok picks up on it. Points it out, and that's where I get that stuff. And by the way, you said and they were, just been, they've just been banned on Twitter. Yes. But yet, Frank James, who will be charged with terrorism, by the way, that is a breaking news. Fox News is reporting he will be charged with terrorism. He's being arraigned today. All right. But that mother effer can go on YouTube all day long and talk about killing white people and killing Asians and killing this one and killing that one, and none of that stuff comes down. None of it comes down. The Taliban can go on all they want and talk about killing Americans, and none of that stuff comes down. But if this group points out all the inefficiencies with the liberals, that gets taken down right away. What's the issue there? Well, it's uh, censorship, free speech. It's uh, it's double standard, et cetera, et cetera. And just to highlight how deep this uh, mentality of grooming kids for sexualization and the pushback. And even like, for example, I watched Jimmy Kimmel last night. I don't know why. I think it was in the bathroom. The TV was stuck on. I had to listen to oh it. Oh, my God. What's and the I heard, with you? And I heard this. I didn't have the remote in my hand, so I actually listened to it. This is Kimmel lying, just, just disgustingly lying. I just want to highlight how deep this, this goes in the popular culture. Cut 37. Kimmel last night throwing it to one of his gay correspondents on the don't say gay, quote, unquote, don't say gay bill. Play it, please, Lou. Florida, as you probably know, has become ground zero for these uh, controversial don't say gay laws that are cropping up all of a sudden everywhere, as if we're in some kind of gay emergency. But the law passed uh, in Florida permits, permits elementary school teachers from even discussing sexual orientation in the classroom, which Good. is obviously not a big problem in the first place. It's a oh, yes, political it is. move More designed on. to get dumb people excited, but it's spreading. And one of our writers, Louis Vertel, asked if he could have a moment to speak about it. And so now here is Louis to Vertel it like it is. Louis? Thanks, Jimmy. Throw up. Thanks, Lewis. You know, if it wasn't a discriminatory and dangerous law, Don't Say Gay would have made an amazing name for a game show. <laughs> Describe Elton John. Uh. Gay. Oh, no, you lose. Not funny. So there you go. Was that I, even, I was that even, was that even close to being funny? And he went on and on for another two minutes, spewing lie after lie. Jimmy the, Kimmel, uh, it, at this point, is one of the biggest jerk-offs in the history of total, television. Total. But, but that's why I played the libs of TikTok clip before. You heard it right there. Those are grammar elementary school. I played that other guy the other day from libs of TikTok. And, uh, you know, the guy who says he teaches three- and four-year-old, uh, you know, pre-K kids. Uh, and it's okay and it's not age-inappropriate. And he was talking like this, and his hair was green and all that stuff. No, it is a problem. It's a real problem. It had to be addressed. This is all, by the way, without the, the permission of parents. That's why they call that, quote-unquote, don't say gay law. The, the real name is the Parental Rights Act. Uh, listen, one more thing. Your boy uh, Clay Travis, we've had him on the show many, many times. Yes. I don't know what's going on, but uh, at ESPN, apparently they have this guy, Bomani Jones. Yes. And he sucks. I know Bomani very, very well, because don't forget, when I used to do sports down in Miami, Bernie, I did the morning show. 
and uh, Dan Levitard did the afternoon show. Dan and I got close. But Monty Jones, in fact, used to fill in for Dan Levitard on his television show on ESPN because Dan is one of those woke Cuban guys down in Miami. So I got to know Bamani Jones very well and, of course, never liked him. Yeah, no, he's, he sucks. He, I don't know what he is, but uh, listen to Clay Travis talk about Bomani and another ESPN personality who was, uh, well, he was canceled. Cut 31, Lou. Bill Simmons, love him or hate him, got completely crushed over the number of people that watched his HBO show. Bill Simmons's HBO show totally destroyed Bamani Jones's HBO show. Both Sorry, of them HBO. doing a sports show. Yet, other than Outkick, virtually no media outlet has even covered the disaster that is Bamani Jones's HBO show rating. Why is it that Simmons was held to a high standard and Jones was held to a low standard? It's the same reason Bamani Jones has gotten all the shows that he's ever got. No one in sports media history has ever failed more and been rewarded more than Bamani Jones and criticized less. Why is that? Because media is afraid if they criticize Bamani Jones, they will be called racist. Ah, bingo. So Clay Travis uh, stepping up and... Uh... Doing what we do on this show, we call it as it is. Call call him as we see him. He's right. And, uh, He's right yeah. about that. And but by the way, Clay Travis's partner the last couple of years, not the case now, but it was Jason Whitlock, a man of color who is as good as any sports guy in the country. Unlike Bamani Jones, Jason Whitlock has been successful because he's a smart guy. Bamani Jones has been successful because he's black. <laughs> and Jason Whitlock, by the way, now uh, transitioning. I use that term uh, loosely, transitioning to, uh, you know, really politics and culture. And he's brilliant. He's great. Jason Wilkins. You know what else I I saw on Fox News yesterday, buddy? I couldn't believe it because there she was doing sideline reporting the last 20 years for ABC, for Al Michaels on NBC, on Sunday Night Football. Michelle Tafoya now doing politics on Fox News. That was wild to see yesterday. Actually, I saw her on the Gutfeld show a couple of nights ago. Yes. She sat there for the full hour. Yes. Michelle Tafoya. So there's hope for this country, folks. There's hope. Keep hope alive. This is the year, November 2022. We're going to speak to Joe Tacopina. We're going to speak to Bill O'Reilly. We're going to speak because he asked to come on Tom Swazi. Keep it here on the Bernie and Sid Show. We're coming right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, it is absolutely shocking to contemplate what is happening at the southern border because of President Biden's foolish, lax enforcement policy. Since taking office in January 2021, illegal border crossings are up 68% from the last year of Trump. Right now, U.S. Border Patrol agents are processing approximately 7,000 migrants a day, most of whom are then set free to live in America, and many never answer their immigration summons down the road. Officials tell me the Border Patrol can effectively process 3,500 foreign nationals daily, but not 7,000. Therefore, there is chaos in many border precincts. For reasons unknown, Joe Biden is rescinding Title 42 in May, which will make the situation worse. That federal order allows illegals quickly to be returned to Mexico because of COVID. By knocking out Title 42, Mr. Biden is now encouraging foreign nationals to illegally enter this country. 
a direct violation of his constitutional oath to uphold the law. If Republicans take the House next November, we may expect impeachment proceedings against the president. Of course, the fundamental question is, why is Biden dismantling immigration law? We don't know. He rarely answers direct questions. What we do know is that Joe Biden is guilty of dereliction of duty. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Bernie and Sid, 77 I see you video, though, is Elton John gay, Jimmy Kimmel, not very funny. Just ahead, I mean, just ahead of defense attorney Joe Tacopina, coming up in about 15 minutes, live in studio. Bill O'Reilly at 8.40, and Democrat nominee for governor Tom Swazi at uh, 9.05. It's going to be 80 and sunny today, so I will be on the beach for the first time since moving to the beach. Oh, how'd it go? Ye- oh, you didn't go yesterday. I didn't go yesterday. It wasn't nice enough. But uh, today, again, just watching Eric Adame, at about 1 o'clock, temperatures expected to hit about 81 degrees Woo-hoo. and uh, plenty of sunshine. So I will be on the beach. I'm, I'm going to catch that um, that 11.15 ferry. That's the earliest I can get. And by the way, talking about the ferry, I did get yelled at yesterday again for walking on without a mask. And I said to the person, who's a very nice person, I see the same one every day, I'm like, you got to understand, I didn't wear masks even during the height of COVID. I don't want to wear a mask. There's no COVID left. We have to stop this nonsense. When is it going to end? And the person said, listen, I understand. I just have to follow my company's orders. So I get home, and what do I see? These morons at the CDC have now extended this mask-wearing nonsense, which, again, is based on no science, nothing. This BA2 was a joke. They've extended it now another two-plus weeks into May. So if you're traveling on a plane, a train, or the ferry, we have to mask up till at least May the 3rd. What a joke. Complete and total. They're going to try to drag this out uh, through the election, no doubt, so they can steal it again uh, coming up this November. Uh, Yes, uh, on the mask mandates in the CDC, uh, it's ridiculous because they're going to eliminate Title 42. So we're going to extend the mask mandate because COVID, COVID is so bad. But yet, uh, we're going to kill uh, Title 42 at the border because COVID not so bad. It's over. We can allow the ref- the few Fugees and the migrants and the illegals to come in right. because COVID's over. Don't worry about it. Uh, t- totally inconsistent. Sid, quickly, we'd be really remiss. This is seismic, seismic. Elon Musk is going to try to take over Twitter. Yeah. He's actually... Uh, People were speculating on this uh, uh, for a long time. Yep. He already had a 10% uh, share, and now he's actually going to try to take it over. This is, I just talked about, the Twitter censorship of libs of TikTok, the Babylon Bee, Donald Trump, all kinds of uh, you know unfair, double standard censorship practices. This is huge and so refreshing. I love this. Elon Musk 
is going to try to take over Twitter. $43 billion bid. Wow, that's amazing. Hopefully he can do it again, uh, watching Dorsey run that company all these years. And uh, he's a guy that banned Donald Trump and did some other things along the way, which are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Dorsey, he's gone now a couple of months. But hopefully Elon can do it and, and bring uh, at least some fairness to social media, which right now is completely one-sided. You know, that mass thing, by the way, two of the um, wretches that are on that uh, the worst show on television, The View, we heard uh, Joy Behar weeks ago say, I'm going to wear a mask forever. I don't care if I'm on the subway, which, by the way, when was the last time Joy Behar took the subway, you lying wench? But uh, yesterday it was, uh, who's the other one, this uh, Sonny Houston? How do you say her name? Uh, Sonny Houston, Houston, who cares? uh, uh, Another one who said yesterday, I'm going to wear a mask forever, forever. Call call it Cloudy Houston because she's such a negative racist. Ay, ay, ay. And now Whoopi, of course, is off the show because she went to film, supposedly, she went to film some TV series for Amazon, who knows? But uh, almost on a weekly basis, one of these uh, horrible ladies steps up and says, well, I'll wear masks forever. And then, of course, they go on TV and don't wear masks. So. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, double standards. They never do. They're just, just, it's a virtual signaling. I mean, that, that, that phrase has become trite, but it's true. It's very true. That's what it is. It's, it's like saying, listen, I'm a tried and true woke tart is what I am. And I'm proud of it. That's what that's what it, that's what the message it sends because they know the masks don't do anything. That COVID is over. It's just a, a, a symbolic ploy on their part. And uh, yeah, I'm sick of the whole thing. And I, I really and truly hate this Biden administration with my whole heart and soul. I mean, I swear to God, the worst. You know, as Trump said the other day, you take the five worst presidents of the United States, put them together. They didn't do as much damage as Joe Biden has done in 14, 15 months. It's disgusting. Uh, so having said that, Joe Tacopin is coming up. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast on an Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM. Joining us in studio right now is the great defense attorney, really famous guy, successful. He owns a soccer team in Italy. This guy is living the life, man. Joe Tacapina. Good morning, Joey. Bernie, how are you, brother? I could be a lot worse, man. Always good to have you, you in studio. You I can so tell you that. Good. I love when I hear your voice like this, man. My man, I, really I appreciate do. it, Joe. Really so, uh, so listen, they, they decided, Sid reported just 10 minutes ago, and it was up in the air for some reason, I don't know why, it was up in the air as to whether or not to charge the uh, subway shooter with terrorism. I mean, if uh, it's the textbook definition of terrorism, in my opinion. What says Joe Tacopina? It is. I mean, it's exactly what, whether he's part of a, a terroristic you know, group or, or, or a cell or not is irrelevant. The act itself was a terroristic act. And and the feds are prosecuting him, and this guy's going to get life in jail. I mean, you know, I'm sure right. I'm sure some crafty defense lawyer 
excuse me, um, is going to come up with some mental defect defense because clearly right. he's a whack. Right. But still, he's a what 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 he did to the city, what he did to innocent people. I mean, you know, he should spend the, the way, rest of his life in jail. One of the things he railed against was uh, this uh, Katani Jackson Brown, the new Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. that she married. A white man. Yeah, he did. He was pissed about that. You know, yeah, these often, black racists don't like that. Yeah, now we often ask you when these uh, terrible things happen and these criminals are caught, uh, would you represent them? Because no disrespect to Arthur Idala or my beautiful wife Danielle, we consider you the best defense attorney in the country. If uh, this guy called you and he had the money, never. Which he doesn't have. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and he had the money is a little bit of an issue, right? <laughs> right, right. We talk about that. The presumption but, but, of innocence commenced upon payment of retainer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't represent this guy, right? Not in never. a million years. Okay. Had Twenty-five million. I, I, I don't think you would. You know, despite the high-profile nature of the case, so disgusting. It, it, yeah, it look, says a lot. There's high-profile cases that you know are not necessarily good to be involved in, like this, like right. representing someone who's. Uh, uh, an absolute pedophile, like for instance, uh, representing Harvey Weinstein. I mean, you know, oh, that's a shot uh, yeah. at author. No, 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 yes, it's it not is. a shot at yes, author. It's it not is. a shot at author. Author's author is amazing lawyer. He's oh a great guy. God. One of my the best friends. It's not a shot at author. It speaks to your integrity, Joe. No, I just yeah, really there's, there's certain cases. Look, and I'm not saying everyone <laughs> I represent is innocent. I mean, I represent both of you guys, right? Right. So true. I mean, but you know, it's a matter of being comfortable with who you're representing. And when, when I represent someone, you know, I get in the, I mean, like I'm in a bunker. Oh, and I, I will fight to the death. That, and, that and last case you did when you got the, the, the choking baby father off. Shaking you were baby, in tears. Yeah. Just shaking baby, yeah. Oh, my God. You were in tears. Now, somebody that is very high profile that you're representing, you'll be in Washington, D.C. with her in front of Congress on Monday, <laughs> yeah. our mutual friend Kimberly Guilfoyle. She's part of this whole January 6th nonsense. Are, are, you, are you shocked at this point that this is still going on I years and shocked. years later? I am shocked. I mean, you know, there's 860 witnesses have been called. So 800, 860 witnesses. I mean, and, and what's the end game here at the end of the day? I mean, if anyone really thinks that anyone who was part of the rally, I'm, I'm not talking about the, the participants of the rally. I'm talking about anyone who, like Trump Jr., Kimberly, Rudy, all those people were there asking and wanting and encouraging people to violently attack the Capitol. You're out of your mind. I mean, you just are. I mean, there's absolutely no evidence of that. It's, it's rank speculation. You know, it's all partisan. What I can't stand about Congress and the way politics are these days is everything is partisan. You know, it's the, 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 the committee is run by the Democrats who are anti or never Trumpers, as they say, you know. I'm dealing with that with Washington commanders and Dan Snyder, same thing. They have a congressional roundtable that's run by the Democrats only. The Republicans are, you know, ferociously opposing the, the, the legitimacy of the roundtable. I mean, it's just everything is, is, is not based on merit anymore. It's not based on justice. It's not based on what's right and what's wrong. It's based on what side of the aisle you sit on. And it's, it's getting disgusting. It really is. Uh, Joe Tacopina, famed defense attorney on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, also, uh, uh, last week, by the way, Joe, there was a January 6th uh, protester or whatever you want to call him. He walked into the Capitol. He was charged with uh, a couple of misdemeanors. The judge threw it out. The judge, judge proclaimed, he said this, the Capitol Police let him in. Right. So he's not guilty. If the Capitol Police let him in, then it, there's no guilt here. And he quitted the guy. Correct. The guy, now, not, not guilty. That's right. And that was one of the individuals who didn't, you know, Break a window, hit an officer, do anything like that. But he simply was, you know, following the the mass, if you will, the yeah. the, the crowds, you know. And 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 there is evidence that the officers decided, hey, <laughs> this is way above my pay grade. I'm not fighting this. You guys walk in. Go ahead, just be peaceful yeah. about it. And and this guy just did that. And there was he shouldn't have been charged to begin with. He should not have been charged. There are others who have done certain things that you know maybe 
but but he should not have been charged. And this this again ranks and 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 really is is up there with one of the most political prosecutions. I've ever seen. You know, it's funny. You uh, sent me a text earlier this morning, and you said, "Here are some of the talking points on the Redskins case." But then, when you were on the air <laughs> moments ago, it, you said Washington Commanders because yeah. that's the real name. We don't want to offend anybody. I still call them the Redskins, by the way. I don't know why that was offensive, by the way, either, because I think most of the, if you pulled the the American Indian population, nine, no, ninety percent of it thought it was a cool and supportive of course, of name. Course. It wasn't mm-hmm. derogatory, right. but Bill, okay, okay. Bill Sims was very upset, and I love Phil, but it was being ridiculous. But um, you just <laughs> mentioned that case during the the January sixth thing. Give us some more meat and uh, details on this Washington Commander case. That is, it, this is one of the real, real travesties. I mean, Dan Snyder, Tanya Snyder, who are you know people who are really good souls and have done a lot for the community, for charity, and, and don't get enough credit, are now went through a year-long NFL investigation, right? They, they were, there was a finding of, of inappropriate behavior at the workplace, not by Dan, but by uh, the culture, which, by the way, seems that at every <laughs> professional stupid. sports team, right? Right. But, but so now Congress launched this committee run by Carolyn Maloney and this other individual, um, Raj uh, Ramdasham, I think his name is. Yeah, uh, sorry to No, know. no, no. Kirsh, Kir, boy, I was close there. Kirshna Mori, <laughs> Kirshna Mori. But wow. anyway, um, you know what? What happened there was this: this law firm, Katz and Banks, who represented the woman who tried to take down Judge Kavanaugh. Okay, um, represents these individuals who worked for the uh, commanders. A lot of them were cheerleaders who were all too happy to be part of the, of the process. Right. So now Congress has decided let's have a roundtable, and 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 somehow that roundtable is 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 taking these individuals who are clients of the Katzenbanks Law Firm, who are tied in with STK, which is this PR firm that Anita Dunn, who was Biden's press secretary, works for. Anita Dunn gives a donation to this the head of this roundtable, this congressional roundtable, this guy Raj. And sure enough, three, four, five days later, they commence a committee to investigate the Washington commanders with the two witnesses of the Katzenbanks Law Firm. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. there are unbelievable right. conflicts oh there. But, and that's what's happening. And the Republicans are outraged. They're saying... Well, you know, this one lady came forward and said, oh, I was sexually harassed, you know, 15 years ago, never made a complaint, sent, sent Dan Snyder maybe the most heartfelt resignation letter of all time, how much it was the best years of her life, all that. You know, and, and so now they're, they're, you know, they're embracing her. And one of the Republicans on the, you know, on the committee said, have you ever heard of the EEOC? Like you decide to come right to Congress 15 years later? Right. Like, you know, and, and right. it's just, it's, it's, it's a game that's being played that, you know, is partisan and is not really what Congress is supposed to be investigating. It's really unbelievable. Exactly. It's unbelievable. Just like with, 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 when they investigated the steroids. They had no business. I mean, shut up. We have, we right. Major League Baseball of- and, and whether there's cheats in it or not cheats or it's right. acceptable or not. That, that was a congressional you know, issue for sure, right? No doubt. Uh, listen, uh, Joe Tacopina, famed defense attorney on the Bernie and Sid show. Joe, bringing it back to uh, the uh, subway uh, shooter yeah. the other day. And uh, listen, this is not necessarily your expertise, but... You're an astute observer of the scene. Now, I brought this up yesterday. Uh, I have a guy on my Twitter feed, at Benny Johnson. I don't know who the hell he is, but this is what he tweeted. The FBI was too busy kidnapping the governor of Michigan and coordinating the January 6th attack on the Capitol to stop. And he lists a bunch of uh, events, horrific terrorist events, the New York subway mass shooter, the Pulse nightclub mass shooter, the Parkland school mass shooter, the Vegas mass shooter, Rape and torture of Team America female gymnasts, Hunter Biden, and I would add Trump-Russia collusion. I would add the Boston bombers. 
What has happened to the freaking FBI that these guys can't get anything right? They've become a complete arm of the Democrat Party, in my opinion. What do you say, Joe Tacopena? Yeah, I don't like what I'm seeing. I mean, look, you know, I'm a former law enforcement officer. I was a, a, a prosecutor for, for years and, and, you know, work and respect the FBI. And most of the agents I know, some of them, my friends, are, are great agents. But the hierarchy, the sort of the decision makers in, in, the, in the Bureau have really, I think, lost their way. And, and you're right. I mean, this is, I mean, where the, the amount of time and energy they're putting on, on things that are, are politically based as opposed to, you know, what, what really the FBI is supposed to be doing is protecting this country, protecting its citizens from serious crime. This is not like local police stuff. This is like, you know, terrorist acts, um, massive financial fraud, civil rights violations, those sorts of things. Um, you know, massive drug gangs, organizations, and things of that nature. Not this, not, right. not you know, it's, it's it's really, Bernie, you're right. I mean, having been in this system for 30 years or so, um, the criminal justice system, it's 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 a different FBI and it's lost its way. By the way, opinion. though, today is Joe Tacopina's birthday. I, I want to mention that because for many, many years, we didn't talk uh, all the time or a couple of years where I moved to Florida and I kind of disappeared just a bit. But I always mentioned and texted him. I remember Joe's birthday because it's the same day as Pete Rose's birthday. That's right. So you and Pete uh, uh, share a birthday today. So happy birthday. And it happy birthday, Pete Rose. Uh, so over the 42 years that you and I have been friends now, 42 years. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? A lot in common, Joe. Both grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, both loved the Mets. You know, our fathers drove the, uh, the the carpool to Poly Prep, went to Poly Prep together. And now, 42 years later, we have more in common. Both of our daughters are going to end up living in London. Uh, you may have two. Yeah. Uh, so, so here it is. My daughter may be on her way to college there. Olivia's there already. Maybe Morgan, too. Well, and, Morgan's going there. Yeah, she works for Salesforce. She got a right. nice promotion. She's relocated to London, which is unbelievable. Which, I mean, when I was her age, I was like collecting tolls at the Battery Tunnel. Uh, me too. My <laughs> big promotion was I got moved from the Verrazano Bridge to the Battery Tunnel. Like, I was But here so you excited. are. Now you're like a London guy. You went to London last week, and you walked into the studio today, and Bernie will appreciate this because Bernie is an avid reader. With this book, it reads, The Wicked Wit of Winston Churchill. And um, tell us about this book, why you brought this in, and why you want to talk about this today. No, I just, you know, I was listening to you guys on the way here. And, and this book I'm reading about Churchill, who I, you know, is, is one of a kind to me as an idol, um, is someone that we need now. You know, I mean, this country, if there was ever a way to get, you know, reincarnate Winston Churchill, it, it's now. I mean, we need a tough, no-nonsense, respected Fearless leader um, who 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 was not going to kowtow to the demands of of the woke society of the ultra you know left as you know look being being and I, I don't mean to to be you know so offensive when I say this but being a white male in this day and age is 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 not easy. I mean, oh, it okay. really isn't, right. and it's it's not, and it's not right because I haven't done anything wrong. You know, I've always seen everyone for what they are—not the color of their skin or anything like that, not their religion. But now we're just in a different, different world, and it's it's coming to the point where it's just not. You know, it's it's there's no balance, and it's we've lost our way, and it's a scary situation, it really. Is and Bernie, I heard you talk about the Biden administration, and you know, I, I've been critical of the Trump administration. You know that, and yes, but, you have. But but but. <laughs> You're right. I'm there. I mean, you're right. What's going on now is the worst I've ever seen in this country and right. in, in so many different ways. So, yeah, Winston Churchill, I was reading this book. I've said, let me bring it up and show Sid because in London, you know, we went to the um, the Churchill War Museum, which, by the way, if you guys ever get to London, it's it's a bucket list thing. It's amazing because the rooms are still in place there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Winston Churchill's just <laughs> who we need right now. But uh, he's not exactly available. right. Yeah. Somebody with a spine, uh, Joe Tacopina, somebody with integrity. Uh, again, who's not afraid of these 
screechy, crazy, woke tards like AOC and the rest of them and the Twitter mob. Not afraid of that. That's what we need. And uh, we have two prospects. We have Donald Trump and we have a great governor of the state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. So we're looking good. The problem is it's it's like two and a half years away. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like an eternity we gotta hang away. On. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, and then this first 14 months, whatever it was, feels like uh, it was 14 years, right? So, <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, I mean, for real, so how are we going to hang on yeah. to that? I have no idea. Plus, honestly, without, you know, no disrespect, but I don't think the commander in chief has his faculties completely in play. And um, who's running the country is the question, really. Who well, we know who that is. It's yeah. Obama, Clayton, Susan Rice, a bunch of others. So you're all, uh, there you go. Uh, you're all dressed up today, beautiful suit, mm-hmm. nice green tie. You're a very handsome it's not a boot. kid to be given. No, you nice. look very nice, very nice. you got a big uh, trial today in uh, somewhere. Yeah. Where yeah, in Jersey, in Jersey. Uh, another tragic case, and the nicest guy in the world accused of a hit-and-run death. Oh, and fact okay. of the matter, he just didn't know it. Um, and there's, there's evidence that will show that. But that's, that's for the trial and the jury. I don't want to... I don't want to get into that now and right. and cross into boundaries. Because the last time it. you were on this show, you <laughs> talked about it, and they and they, and Bernie, oh they, they brought it up in court. Oh like, my God! They heard you get on out. with left, Sid and Bernie oh, today. Bernie, I left the show. I walked into court, and it was like bang, bang, bang. You won. And by the way, they cop on you guys. The prosecutor was so angry, red faced. He was on the number one radio show in New York. Like the number this one. is they during the proceedings? Yes, this during... is the morning. I oh finished your God. show. I had to raise something up to the jury. So it was all proper and appropriate according to the rules of ethics, which I'm pretty familiar with. But I went in there. The prosecutor like, he said that his client was innocent. Like, yeah, I argued for four hours yesterday to the jury that my client was innocent. And, and she was going crazy. And it was, it was like, That's I have the transcript. Though. You could not believe oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, we want the transcript. But he did get off. Thank God. He was he's acquitted. He's he was a great acquitted. guy, too. Not guilty. Right. Yep. And, and another really was a... Right. Look, this is why I love so you to are, do. So you had to yeah. defend your client and Sid and, and Bernie that morning, too. I, well, not <laughs> Sid and Bernie were fine. I was the one that they were ratcheting up the handcuffs for, but it was, <laughs> I somehow made it. And the guy was acquitted a few hours later, so I was really took a victory lap that day. Well, listen. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, congratulations and happy birthday. Uh, anything fun tonight? Quickly, we've got to go in like 30 seconds. Yeah, but. no, nothing. This uh, is going to make something. The kids are going to be there. And awesome. Whatever. Maybe a junior's cheesecake, if I'm lucky. Uh, Bernie, you want to sing him happy birthday quickly? Please. Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Go ahead. One, two, three, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, Joe Takapina, happy birthday to you. My God, that's touching. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry. Bernie, thank was, you, brother. I love you. It's lame. Love you, too, Joe Tax. Always, always. Thanks for hearing on the Bernie and Sid Show, and good luck today. Okay, brother. Uh, that was great. Thank you, and uh, well done there, Bernard. You've got a beautiful voice. We'll take a short break. Still to come, Bill O'Reilly in the 8 o'clock hour, a guy that just texted me again about Kathy Hochul, Democrat nominee for Governor Tom Swazi in the 9 o'clock hour, plus more news and your phone calls halfway through on this epic Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Lido missed the boat that day. He left the shack. But that was all he Who doesn't love Boss Skaggs? going to be about 80 degrees today at some point this afternoon and sunny. Yes, it's going to be a gorgeous day, but temperatures will go back into the 60s and 50s by Sunday. But today, if you can, on this holy Thursday, the day before Good Friday, 
and the day before the start of Passover tomorrow night. Go out and enjoy it. I will. I'll be going to the beach for the first time today, hopping on the ferry at about 11.15, and I can't wait. Uh, I do want to thank uh, the folks over at Rocco's, which is in uh, Rockaway, for a great lunch yesterday. Mike Sullivan, our boy there, Bernard, Mike Sullivan, and uh, Phil Hughes took me out for lunch. And two good, uh, it was two good Irishmen. Yeah, two good Irishmen. That's right, Bernie. You're exactly right. That's my mother's maiden name is Hughes. Is that right? Uh, actually, uh, my grandmother's maiden name was Hughes. I'm a Hughes. I'm a Cunningham. I'm a McGurk. Oh but God. I digress. Go ahead. Finish the, the thing. No, Phil, Phil is actually uh, was an FBI guy, and he uh, he knows George Venezuelos very well. Our guy George, who was John's right hand man, oh yeah, at Apple Media. In fact, uh, during lunch, I texted George, so we had a really nice lunch and uh, enjoyed some fine pizza. Watched the Mets game. Thank you once again to Mike Sullivan. I didn't realize there's uh, there's a place called Cali's, and it's a little restaurant, really a burger joint. And um, and I think, Lou, I think you and MJ love that place, right, on uh, 129 Cali's? That's a great, great area. Do you know who owns that restaurant? Um, Lives about two blocks away in a big, beautiful home. I'll give you a hint. His brother is one of the most famous and greatest college basketball stars in the history of New York City. Went on to have a Hall of Fame career. Chris Mullen. Correct. His brother, Terrence, owns Cali's. And Terrence also played for Luke Karnaseka at St. John's. So um, I found that out yesterday. And then my electrician, Joe DiGiacomo, who never heard the Bernie and Sid show, never heard of it. His uh, wife actually listened. He never listened. Tuned in for the first time this morning at about a quarter to seven. And his exact quote was, he's a big-time Republican, oh, my God, what have I been missing? So there you have another day, another fan as the Bernie and Sid show continues to grow in popularity, Bernard. To explode. Uh, can I say metastasize? Well, listen, to, uh, you spread. can say it. And a lot of folks out there that were Democrats, I mean, look, again, I spent most of my life, and I did love Reagan, but I also loved Clinton. I loved Ed Koch. I was a Democrat Jew. I voted for Hillary Clinton back in 2016. I have made the complete conversion to a very enthusiastic Republican at this point, and I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not alone. So I kind of pushed back on you, Bernard, the last couple of years, and I think I've been right based on election results. But I think now you've got it. I think you're on to it. I think people at this point really are uh, tired. I think they've seen enough. And I do know, on an anecdotal note, other people like me, lifelong Democrats, who will not vote for a Democrat no matter what. They may not vote for Trump. But they will not vote Democrat no matter what. I think I think what you talked about a couple of years ago is coming to fruition right now. Well, thanks for uh, acknowledging and uh, I, I guess giving me credit. I mean, yes. you sit with me for four hours a morning for the last six years and your conversion now is complete. Obviously, I've made some uh, you know com- compelling uh, cases. My logic, my reasoning uh, was flawless, apparently. And uh, I won you over. Yeah, and yes, I'll take, uh, take full and total credit <laughs> well, you for it. Know, and, you, listen, on and a welcome, seri- by the way. Welcome. Uh, on a serious note, you've done a, an incredible job. And you do a great job every day. There's no question. There's, listen, you don't have a bigger cheerleader than me. And I, and I say it to everybody. You're brilliant. But while, yes, you've made very compelling arguments and helped me, the folks that have really helped me have been the Democrats. Because day in and day out, they do such stupid, if not horrible, horrible things that when you couple what they're doing with what you talk about every day, I'm not sure why everybody hasn't been converted like me at this point. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because they're not paying attention. They don't know. They watch uh, something like Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, uh, you know, they, they read uh, wh- what they want to read on Twitter. 
you know, you can select who you want to follow, and so it reinforces your existing biases, and you don't get the truth. You get stuff, uh, you know, so it's ignorance is, is what it is. And that's why, uh, you know, with the, when, when it starts to affect people's kids, and it starts to affect, you know, how much you pay at the gas pump, that's when people, it starts to, people start to realize and pay attention. Well, well, now, why is this happening? Why, why are my kid, uh, why is my second grader coming home talking about penises and vaginas? Why am I paying four, five, six, seven dollars a gallon at the gas pump? When they start to ask questions like that and they start to pay attention, they start to get religion. And so that's what we're witnessing now across the country. Uh, they pay a little more attention and like, let me look a little more into this. And you see now a great awakening, an epiphany. And we're looking forward to this red wave in November like like nobody's business. Like uh, back in 1994 when Newt Gingrich and the Republicans took over from Bill Clinton. It happened in 2010, the first two years of uh, the Obama administration. But this one is supposed to be uh, uh, even bigger than yeah. those last two that I just mentioned. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so that's the reason why is because they're not paying attention. The holdouts uh, are not paying attention. But uh, the election, as the election nears... Even more and more people will start paying attention. You can't help but notice when Joe Biden speaks that he's, you know, a complete and total vegetable. Yeah, he is. And 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 again, just the, the gas pump thing. You know, it's Joe Biden's fault. When Trump was president, gas was two dollars a gallon. Now it's five dollars a gallon. So. You know, you can't, it, that's the, it's, it's, it's not hard to connect the dots well, on that. Well, it is if you believe the whole Putin nonsense. And I do believe there's a lot of people that do believe that. We're smarter than that. And it should be as simple as, you're right, Trump versus Biden. But they do kind of uh, bog it just a little, the Democrats. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned gas prices because I was trying to figure out if I was driving again, right, and I decided I'm going to drive in from Queens to the studios every day, like you have been doing for the longest part, from Long Island to the studios. And I said, okay, Bernie, what do you pay every day for parking? Uh, 33 bucks. 33 bucks. So you spend about 175 bucks a week for parking, yes? Uh, that's a fair. Uh, okay. You did the math. I don't do math because it's racist, but you just did it, <laughs> and it sounds uh, about one seventy-five. So, and yeah. how much money do you think? How many times you got to fill up your tank with gas to come to work from Long Island to Manhattan five days a week? About one and a half times. So, how much money is that? And we're talking uh, there about one hundred seventy-five bucks. All right, now you're up to three hundred and fifty. Now, what about the tolls? It's got to be a, a tunnel, a bridge. So get here. Yeah, but I, I take the 59th Street Bridge, so I avoid the toll. Not, not, I don't take it to avoid the toll. Right. But it makes a, a sense for me. It's quicker. So I don't, toll wise, I don't pay any tolls. All right. So you got away with that, but you're still spending about 350 bucks a week, right? Exactly. Well, I, I pay mean, my exactly, guy, right. I pay my guy, Ricky, every morning $70 to take me door to door from my front door of my house to this station. 70 times five is 350. So 280 you know, and uh, so 310. Yeah, 350 to be exact. Uh, oh, 70 times 5. Okay. So yeah, I told you, that. I can't do You that. are terrible, yes. So it's the exact same number that you pay. You pay 350, you avoid the toll. I pay 350, and guess what? I don't have to sit in traffic. I get to fall asleep in the back seat of the car. I, I get feel to like do- a big shot. Exactly right. So I actually figured out that. If I had a car and I wanted to drive in every day, it wouldn't even make sense. I'm actually saving money by paying a car service guy to take me to the city. That's how ridiculously expensive it has become between gas, tolls, and parking and everything else. That's one great way to highlight it. Right? I mean, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. You could, 
You could sit back there, sleep, uh, do your a little bit of show prep, whatever the hell you need to exactly. do. Exactly. Yes. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got to look into this. <laughs> I'm telling gotta, you, man. And all this, I mean, you've had mornings where you've had to deal with traffic. You get all stressed. I don't deal with any of that nonsense. Nice and easy. And Ricky's there every morning like Gene used to be. And bang, bang, zoom. I'm right here ready to go to talk about the big stories of the day. And, of course, the biggest one this morning when you and I started was they arrested uh, Frank James yesterday. Uh, I did watch Eric Adams take a victory lap, congratulate Keyshawn Shule, who I happen to like very much, congratulate all the police who happen to love dearly. But the truth is, they didn't find this guy. They didn't catch this guy. Somehow this fat bastard was able to walk around the city at his will, enjoy McDonald's for lunch yesterday, and it wasn't until he called the police and said, okay, here I am, that they actually got him. So I'm not sure why Eric Adams was doing a victory lap, but in the end, he turned himself in, and we got him. And uh, could have been a heck of a lot worse, like most tragedies here in New York City. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. The fact, though, that uh, he was strutting around, rolling around. And by the way, he wasn't 5'5", as they described him. Uh, I don't know how they got that wrong, but he was not 5'5". And yes, indeed, he is a black male. Uh, CNN, MSNBC, he is definitely a black male. But they, they caught him. Uh, he called in. Uh, there were other people who claimed that they called uh, you know, the police as well. Uh, but either way, and I mentioned this earlier, Greg Kelly's clip of the day mentions it. Rudy Giuliani on 77 WABC gave out uh, the, the, the a description of the, the U-Haul that he parked on King's Highway, gave out the license plate, and some dude who lived across the street, apparently, as opposed to parking, which is what I said earlier, saw it, read the license plate, was listening to Rudy Giuliani, called the police, and that expedited the investigation. So Rudy Giuliani, once again, Crime fighter uh, 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 du jour, anyway, today. But, he, of course, he was the crime fighter back in the day, saving tens of thousands of lives and still active in fighting crime. So kudos to our colleague, May- America's Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. You know what's funny about that? that and every time Curtis Sliwa is on our show, uh, Bernard, and he was on just yesterday, and we, and we love Curtis, of course. Curtis always says uh, the same thing. You know, he should be talking to Rudy Giuliani. And I got to cut him off because he's not going to talk to Rudy because, as I pointed out months ago, which Rudy wasn't even aware of, or Angel, I told them that was the case. Eric Adams has many times in the past referred to Rudy Giuliani's tactics as racist. Racist. And instead, he, he said, quote, why would I want a Rudy Giuliani city though he would use racist tactics? I want a David Dinkins city. If you didn't know right there that Eric Adams was the wrong guy for the job, I don't know when you would know it. Yes, he was the best of a worst bunch, but you want the David Dinkins city instead of Rudy Giuliani city? But Curtis says it every time. He should talk to Rudy Giuliani. He's never going to do it, but, man, it makes all the sense in the world. Well, you know what he got uh, for his uh, – he wants a David Dinkins city for his first uh, couple of months, few months in office? He got a 45% rise in crime. That's what he got for his David Dinkins policy. It wasn't until that weekend, a couple of weeks ago, when 21 people were shot, that he decided to uh, Im- implement the uh, broken windows policy, which he denied when I, I confronted him with it. When I actually was giving him props for it, he said, I did not bring back the broken windows policy. Yes, you did. You, you want to call it something else? Call it something else. But you told the cops to get out in the street and start enforcing these low-level uh, 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 laws. You know, drinking on the streets, peeing on the streets, jumping yep. the turnstiles. Yep. That's a fact. He did that. And, of course, uh, uh, belatedly also brought back the anti-crime unit, uh, albeit a neutered uh, uh, anti-crime unit, but it's still paying dividends. Uh, 300 arrests. I think they got like 30 guns off the street, stuff like that. 
So he's done some of that stuff. And also the homeless thing, taking down the homeless encamp- encampments. Again, it took him till April to start doing it. Tried. He tried the Dinkins way, and crime went up 45%. Now he's going the Giuliani way, and hopefully in a couple of months we'll be saying, you know, crime is down uh, 45% and things are starting to improve. But, uh, yeah, Giuliani, the Giuliani way was the right way, of uh, course. No doubt. Not even close. And, and I know that oftentimes you say stuff on this show, oftentimes, I'll give you all the credit in the world, and then somebody else says it on TV later on that night, on radio, the, the, later on that day, and you go, I love it when people do that because it lends to my argument. But I have to tell you that literally, as you and I are discussing this, Fox News is discussing why in the world is Eric Adams taking credit for the Frank James arrest. I swear to God, right is now. Is that right? Yeah, swear to God. Yeah. Why is yeah. he taking credit? But in the end, once again, if Fatso didn't call for McDonald's, he may still be walking around the streets of Manhattan. Uh, exactly. Well, there you go. Validation for Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> There's one for me. We'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. I, I, I don't like doing that because I love the police. I know how hard these guys and girls work, and I know they were really working hard to try to find this guy. And we could have just said we got him, but you can't. You can't go out of the way to congratulate yourself and your police commissioner when, in fact, you didn't find him. No. Well, well, well especially when the police are handcuffed. I mean, if uh, Eric Adams didn't order on day one. Let's make sure every camera in every subway station and every street or whatever the hell, these security cameras, let's make sure they're all working. He should have done that on day one. So the police are working, you know, handcuffed once again. So I blame it on Eric Adams and not the police. Uh, some lady just Instagrammed me DM and she said, by the way, neither you or Bernie can do math because even though the numbers came out even, your trip is only one way. And she's right about that, Diane. You're right because I do take public transportation going home, which costs me $2.75 to take the subway to Wall Street and another $2.75 to take the ferry. So that's an extra five fifty a day, 25 bucks a week. So I'm sorry I spent three seventy five to Bernie's three fifty. There's the exact math, basically, okay? Yeah, to my <laughs> yeah, to my three fifty one way, right? Yes. When you think about it, you got to add the no, uh, no, nah, nah, never mind. It was it no, was your, yours is, it was is, is both trips, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Mine so would be right. one she's way. Right. Yeah, she's right. She's yeah. right. We can't do math. But, but, <laughs> one quick call. No, we don't have time. We have to go to break. Oh my God! We got Phil O'Reilly coming up at eight forty. Lydia reports and uh, Tom Swazi. A lot more good stuff to do on this gorgeous Thursday morning here in New York City. Keep it right here. We are Bernie and Sid. Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. This is Lydia reports on seventy seven WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, two inmates at an all-women's jail in Clinton, New Jersey, are pregnant. I mean, how is this possible? Were they only, when they were only in contact with other females? Well, apparently, this was not a case of binary fission in humans. Remember that in bio class when they talked about it, the amoebas, that they had asexual reproduction? No, um, I don't. Well, I, I, you know, I did really well in my bio. I was really good at bio. I, was, I minored in biology. But anyway. I'm not surprised. They- You're a very smart lady. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Uh, well, these pregnant women were housed at a jail which houses 27 transgender prisoners. The Edna Mahan prison began housing transgenders after a lawsuit by the ACLU who represented a trans woman. So there you have it. Now, they don't know if the two pregnant women had sex with you know, the same transgendered person. Oh, but, gosh. I mean, this is, this is where we are right now. Now, 
They still have their working body parts. The whole nine, they can impregnate. They're still having sex with females, and we're housing them together. This is what it's, the it's world has come to. Absolute insanity and actually nauseating, really. Just the whole thing is just nauseating. Uh, yeah, that they allow that to happen. I mean, look, if I was going to go to jail, it, let's say in, uh, well, anywhere. But New York City, for example, it's very, very dangerous. I made a claim to be a woman at that point just so I can be housed. Not that the women are any less tough or uh, vicious than the men. I think they are maybe a little less, but uh, that's why I would do it. But it, it really, to, to be serious, it's just so dumb, stupid, anti-common sense to allow something like that to happen. You know, you, you, you claim to be a woman if you want. You're going to be housed with the other guys with the penises, okay? That's the way it works. Get in the cell and shut up. How about well, that, Lydia? Yeah, I agree. When you And some corporations are realizing that when you go woke, you go broke. Have you heard of eGuard luxury watches? No. Okay. Well, they came out with this really great ad. I want to. I want you to listen to it. It's incredible. It gave me goosebumps the first time I heard it. Let's take a listen. What is a woman? Is a woman a history of achievements quickly being erased? Is a woman a sister, a daughter, a mother? Is a woman? The wonder of childbirth. Is a woman a warrior who fought for her place? Is that now being taken away, soon to be forgotten? Is that not worth protecting? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't. And how long do we sit idly by and not stand for the sacred value of womanhood as it loses all meaning? Because we believe that womanhood is a birthright. Good, right? That is, that is terrific. That is fantastic. Isn't yeah, that amazing? It actually annoyed me. A warrior. That annoyed I mean. me. That annoyed me. I got to. Well, be the whole transgender movement is an assault. That on, annoyed uh, you, women. Yes, yes. The fact that Why? we have to, because the fact that we have to even do commercials like that, and I mean, no, listen, we, the, she, whoever that woman was, it was well done, and but she stated the obvious. The fact that we even have to do commercials like that to remind people what a woman is just brings me right back to the place where we were before. So it was lovely and beautiful on that side, but it's the so whole thing's you, annoying. What you, we should just shut up and not push back? No, listen, you can do whatever the hell you want, but I well, find it God annoying. Well, somebody's pu- pushing back. That, yeah, that, that's great. the beauty of it. Fantastic. I'm, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just, now I get tired of both sides at, at, at a certain point. It's like I just, I just want it all to go away. But you're right. I mean, you have to push back, and whoever EGARD is, they did a good job of doing it there, but... The whole thing annoys me. The fact you even have to do a commercial like that is just yeah. yeah the fact well, what annoys me is the fact that women who want scholarships in colleges and high school are being robbed of them. That annoys me more than this commercial. Well, that I mean, wasn't in the commercial though. I, but that's what it's about. That <laughs> yeah, is exactly well, I mean, what it's it. about. Say that if that's what's bothering that, you. Well, th- this is the, <laughs> the underlying message for anybody that's paying attention. I mean, and everybody knows what they're talking about. This they transgender- want to destroy the family. They want to destroy the the family because okay, this is going to sound I don't, a little religious, but this is true. The, the the devil, if you or evil, whatever you want to call it, 
they want to divide us. They want, because you're weaker when you are apart, when you are together, like a family unit, whatever it is, it doesn't have to, it could be two dads. It could be two moms, whatever. As long as you are together standing for something that is good, then you are strong against evil. And that's what I think this radical left kind of movement is happening, the woke movement or whatever you want to call it. They want to divide us so they can conquer us. And they they want to make... Yeah. They they want the state to replace the nuclear family. That's what they want. They're communists. Essentially, it's it's communists. They want us to be holden to the government so then they can have complete control over us and tell us what to do. That's why they don't care that the prices are skyrocketing because they want us to live off of the government. They want us to be in subsidized housing. They want us to get the vouchers. They want us to be on food stamps so they can tell us what exactly we can do with our lives. That's what this is all about. It's always about control. That's what I think. I mean, it, might, it sounds a little crazy, but so is putting no, a not. guy with a penis in in a, in a jail filled with women. And this is what we're doing and teaching five and six years old six year olds about sex and transgender and pansexual. Cats Matides, he's so funny. He'll be like pansexual. Like that generation, they can't even wrap their mind. Like my dad, he's like. What do you mean? A woman is a woman and a man is a man. Even that's biology. What are you talking about? Just because you cut off your penis or you take hormones, that doesn't change your your DNA. And it's true. That's it. It's black and white. And yet you got the left saying that they're so pro-science. They've been anti-science when it comes to COVID and now when it comes to this. Uh, Absolutely. And and, and the pushback is, uh, you know, actually, you know, it's endeavoring changes. Listen to this. Governor Murphy is ordering a review of those new New Jersey uh, sex education standards, the one we talked about in Westfield, New Jersey. That's only because people pushed back and shouted and screamed uh, that he's doing that because it goes into effect in September. But it's not going to go into effect because he knows it's a losing issue for them. For once, we're on the right side of the cultural issues. That and, uh, you know, of, of course, the... Uh, the men swimming with the women and all that stuff. We're on the right side. The the, uh, the Parental Rights Act, that's a cultural issue that we're on the right side of. And Phil Murphy recognizes that. But it's becoming, uh, you know, in, in in another year, you wouldn't hear about this. That's the silver lining to the COVID, as I said before, is that we learned what's happening in the classrooms. We found out because of the Zoom classes. Parents were mortified at what these teachers were teaching their kids. And, of course, uh, mortified looking at the teachers with green hair and nose piercings and all that stuff, saying, what the hell am I doing? Sending my kid, you know, having their brain, their minds brainwashed by these by these perverts and freaks, these groomers. Uh, so anyway, uh, you push back and you get some change. And Phil Murphy, he got the message. He got a little religion because there's an election coming up. And that's a good thing. I mean, what what kind of world do we live in where you have Donald Trump, he's banned from all social media, yet that freak, that racist piece of poop, uh, Frank James, he was allowed to have his racist rants all over social media up until yesterday, finally, when we found them, the, the media found them, then finally Google canceled it and you mayor adams even mayor adams he's like how is this possible why wasn't this flagged he goes i can i can't even play a video with somebody else's music without getting flagged or censored or getting in trouble he's like but this guy can go around saying all this crazy hateful stuff and saying that he wants to kill people and see them bleed and nothing happens and that's why bravo to elon musk that he wants to do a hostile takeover of twitter and buy it and that's it Lydia, this is seismic, what he's doing with Twitter. 
This is huge. This is a blow, a strike and a blow for free speech in a, in a, in a huge, huge way. I don't think he's going to get it, though. I, I th- they don't need the money. And I know he's offering a ton of money, like half a billion dollars, but they would but still rather have they, control. That's why they call it hostile. I think there's a, a way he can do it. I'm not a business person. I know we were on Fox Business for like six years. <laughs> right. But they call it a hostile takeover for a reason. In other words, it may be out of their control that he does it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't we know either. A, yeah. We need a business person. To, maybe Bill O'Reilly knows. We'll ask him. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is a big deal. And uh, as far as the uh, uh, Frank James goes, and you know, spewing that hate and vitriol, talking about killing and violence, he also uh, he, he came out against uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson because she married a white man. I mean, forget the violence and the blood. That right there... Uh, if some white person came out against uh, interracial marriage, that person would be, you know, that, that, that thrown into Guantanamo, for God's sakes. Never mind just having their uh, post taken down. But he well, did. Well, if you posted and, a Fauci meme, you would get canceled. You got your account canceled. If you posted anything against Fauci, you got canceled. And this right. guy, look what he posted. And nobody cares because that just goes to show you who is being targeted here. There is a two-tier type of justice system when it comes to social media. They're targeting conservatives or anybody that has any kind of family values, traditional values, and they want freaks to perpetuate their nonsense. And I'll tell you, I was in Florida. I was in Destin, which is kind of more homey in the west, you know, the western side of Florida. Regular southern people, they were playing southern music by the pool. I like southern music. I know. I'm a, I'm, I love that. I lived in South Carolina for five years. And I'll tell you, middle America, they, most Americans, they are tired of this. They're sick of this. And they better watch out come the elections. And I encourage all people to vote on their school boards, to vote in their local elections. I've been guilty of it myself. Get out there and vote, 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 and speak up. Speak up like this. EGARD luxury watches. We got to hold our corporations accountable and not sit by and allow them to change the world as we know it. All right. Excellent job, as always. Uh, Bill O'Reilly coming up next. Lydia, what can we uh, find later on this afternoon at 5 with Cats at Night? You never know who's going to be on Cats at Night. Sometimes we're sitting there, and all of a sudden he gets a, from like a four-star general, he gets a text, and he's like, oh, General Jack Keene, he wants to come on. He's got some breaking news. So you never know what you're going to hear. Cats at Night. Five o'clock, we have all the news, and we don't filter anything. We don't sugarcoat anything. It's not about right. It's not about left. It's simply about what's right and wrong for America. And we're tr- it sounds corny, but we're trying to we're trying to save America. We're, that's that's all we're trying to do at five o'clock. Cats at night. You don't want to miss it. Well said, Lydia Serrano, the catcher of Cats at Night at five o'clock this afternoon. Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Already 68 degrees and sunny out there. We'll approach 80 today. Can't wait to get out of here and go home. Boy, what a beautiful day. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. There's no question about it. By far, does a magnificent show every weeknight here on our station at 9 o'clock that gets big, big ratings. And, of course, his website, BillOReilly.com, as good as it gets. The interviews, the news, the TV shows, just really fantastic. Writes a great column every day, all week long. His Killing series kills it. See what I did there? His new book, Killing the Killers, maybe the best work he's done yet. Comes off that great tour in the great states of Texas and Florida with President Donald Trump. And the best news of all, we're so happy to hear this, he just enjoyed a well-deserved vacation. And what we're most happy about, Bill, Bernie and Sid, is 
that we're so happy to hear that getting to your destination spot was so easy <laughs> and no drama. We were very happy to hear that, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> you know, I'm going to come over there and slap you, Sid. <laughs> I'm still mad. You're still so, mad, still. I'm still mad. Oh my Listen, God. I get to the airport Sunday morning, 5.30 in the morning. 5.30, JFK. What time's your flight? What, what time's your flight that morning? What time was your flight? Flight was 6.55. Okay. All right, and I'm a good boy. I go because I, I want to obey the rules, get there. It's an international flight, Turks, Tacos. So I walk into JFK. It's like Studio 54 in 1980. <laughs> I've never seen so many people in my life. They're lined up everywhere. Okay? I said, it's Sunday morning. No one's gone to mass. <laughs> so um, I get through the security line, and they, they rousted me. Even though I have like 18 super passes, this pass, that pass, I, and everybody knows me. Okay, so they roused me there, all right, um, all right, fine, uh, you know, well, this is just a random check, sir, so strip naked and run around the terminal three times. <laughs> sure. Okay, so I'm through, and I go to the JetBlue um, little uh, gate, and there's a sign on time. Good. Oh, my God. I'm going to get down to Turks Caicos early. I'll be able to set up everything because, you know, I had a big crew coming with me. So anyway, uh, then at 6.55, there's a little delay sign. And then I say 7.55. And then it goes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have to tow the uh, jet from the gate uh, over uh, from the warehouse over the gate. Whatever. Right? Okay. An hour? Okay. Five-hour delay. Oh. oh, my God. Five oh, hours. And they God. were lying. Oh. They were going, well, there's a little weather here in Tahiti. Wait. Tahiti's in the Pacific. <laughs> okay? And you know what it was? That's funny. They didn't have a pilot. They didn't have a pilot. And they wouldn't and tell then, you that. Um, yeah, they finally had to after people were setting uh, the gate crew on fire. Okay, I mean that's how angry everybody was, including yeah. me. Oh, we don't, we don't, we don't have a pilot. Okay, they knew that. They knew they didn't have a pilot. You know, there is a rumor that they did have a pilot, but he realized that Bill O'Reilly was on the flight and he went yeah, home. Yeah, he was an MSNBC <laughs> watcher. He's not doing that. Yeah. Are you kidding? And no union will ever make me. So, all right, we're there. They're lying, and how I knew they were lying is I had friends on the Delta flight going to Turks Caicos, which was scheduled to take off a couple hours more uh, later, and they got right out. Okay, they got right out. There's no problem. So anyway, we do our diligence, and we call JetBlue, and we called Buddha Judge at the secretary. Uh, he's the secretary of transportation. Said, what the deuce is going on? We find out that the whole system melted down at one of the busiest times of the year. This was spring break, remember, okay? Kids were stranded in Mexico. They couldn't get back, this and that, because they don't have the flight personnel. But they won't tell the American people that. So they go, everybody goes to the airport, and they, they are suffering. I thought there was going to be a riot because they canceled so many flights. The, the helpline was from JFK to the Bronx. All right? If you saw people standing there, they're on the help line. Uh, and, it, and it's got to stop. It so, has so, to stop. So, Bill, the guy in charge of transportation, you mentioned his name, Pete Buttigieg, he was, Buttigieg, an affirmative action hire, no doubt about it, way in over his head. 
Uh, he's the guy controlling the whole thing. So you say that the media won't report on it because they don't, they don't want to embarrass uh, this guy, the affirmative action hire. A few media reported on that meltdown uh, from JetBlue, and then on the West Coast, Alaska Airways did the same thing, didn't have enough personnel. Now, most of the media blocks it out because they don't care. I mean, my mantra from the very beginning, for more than 25 years now, is that we're looking out for you. And people go, oh, Riley, you're not looking out. Yeah, I am. All right? It's not about me. Yes. Was I angry that this happened? I paid my money. It's a contract. You give the airlines money, their contract is to get you there and tell you the truth. They do not do that. This could be solved in a heartbeat. All the Secretary of Transportation and the Biden administration has to do is say, if you deceive uh, your uh, customers, we are going to fine you an enormous amount of money. It's over then. They have to tell you the truth. And if they don't have enough personnel to fly the planes and they still schedule a flight, that's another fine. Does that make sense to everybody? Of course. And that's Perfect. why JetBlue announced a couple of days ago they'll be cutting their flights and any more personnel. And why did they do that, Sid? Because of you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they, the knew, best, right? they knew because I told them, yep. I'm coming for you. <laughs> Listen, I, I, was, I was watching you live tweet that day, uh, that Saturday, as a matter of fact. And, uh, and it's been happening, by the way. I had friends who got, went through the same thing the weekend before. They couldn't even get out that Saturday. They had to wait till Monday. But anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. It was very, very interesting, Bill. But just in the interest of time, uh, by the way, Bill O'Reilly, 9 o'clock tonight on 77 WABC. But at BillOReilly.com, your message of the day, Hunter Biden home for Easter. And you say he's this close to be uh, being indicted. Uh, right. But tell us about that. And does Daddy pardon uh, the aforementioned Hunter if he does well, get indicted? there's a couple of things in play here. Number one, it's all over for the Biden administration. It's finished. It's like the Baltimore Orioles. The season for the Orioles is over already. <laughs> all right? They're not going to win any games. Um, so this week, the inflation numbers come out. The consumer price index comes out. It's the biggest in history. Never been higher. All of those costs are going to be passed on to us in the ensuing months, the next three or four months. Inflation's not going to be tamed by November. It is over for the Democratic Party and the Biden administration. If Joe Biden were to pardon Hunter after he was indicted and, you know, he the grand jury's there, so politics are out of it now. All right? It's, it, the uh, information is being passed on to the grand jury. They will make the decision in Delaware. That's where the grand jury is. If he's indicted, <clears throat> the president of the United States can um, pardon him then and there so he wouldn't have to go through the whole uh, ordeal. But do you guys think that Biden could govern after that? No. Not I don't at think all. he could even govern. Can't govern. Well, <laughs> you know, now he can't govern efficiently. Right. But you're not going to toss him, even though there are conservatives. Oh, we're going to impeach him. Hey, you need two-thirds of the Senate to do that, okay, pal? It's not happening. Even after the midterms, it won't happen. He's there. But the American people would turn against Biden with such ferocity if he did that with Hunter Biden. That I don't know, the guy couldn't go. He he could just stay in Delaware. He doesn't even have to go back to Delaware. <laughs> just stay down at the beach. Right. right. That's well, what about his, his what about his culpability in the whole thing? He's guilty well, as well. Be proven though. You know, I mean, look, it looks bad. It looks like you know he was getting, as Sid would tell you, a taste 
Cusib is in a gangster movie. No, That's right. That is. He was, exactly. he was dipping his... Whatever, but it has not been established, and we are a country of due process. We used to be, anyway. The media just blew that right out, so we don't have any due process anymore as soon as the allegations made you guilty, but not me. So I, I have to see um, where that money went. See, there's a lot of money there, and the FBI and the IRS should be able to trace that money. And if Biden took some of it, then he then he will be impeached, and he could be prosecuted, just yes. like Spiro Agnew. This is the same deal. Spiro Agnew got prosecuted when he was vice president under Nixon. Remember mm-hmm. that? Oh, yeah. And he pled no low contendere. How about that? I went to Harvard. That's nice. Oh, Nicely done. No, no I mean, contest. Yeah, no right. contest. I yep. did it. And he got booted. All right? And he got prosecuted. He got convicted. So... I'm not saying Biden did it or didn't do it. I'm just saying this looks horrible. Is that fair? That is fair. Uh, let's make this local now. You're a Long Island guy. You do live here. This whole Frank James uh, deal the last couple of days, a subway shooter. Uh, horrible day for Kathy Hochul. Two days ago, she embarrassed herself on the podium. The same Ridiculous. day, And the same day her lieutenant uh, governor got uh, arrested, by the way. And here's Eric Adams the la- today taking a victory lap, taking credit for the arrest of Mr. James, when, in fact, James called himself in from a McDonald's. <laughs> so once again, Bill, here we are, our local officials, our mayor and our governor, embarrassing themselves. You know, if this was a law and order episode, it would have been eight minutes. <laughs> You know, that's it. Here's the crime. Criminal calls in. Here I am. Right, right. Now, the importance of this story is the inefficiency of Governor Hochul, who goes, this is going to stop right now. Hey, lady, it's your fault that we have wild crime in New York City and New York State. It's you. You're the one that got behind this no-bail law. You're the one that won't stop it. Okay, you don't speak out again. Oh, we're going to stop it right now. Yeah, okay, fine. Put all the criminals in the Buffalo Bills Stadium. If you're going to give them billions of dollars on the off days, put the criminals there. All right? That's how you do it. So the whole thing is really bizarre, but it is an act of terror. I mean, when you you guys have read my book, Killing the Killers, is out in less than three weeks now. That What that guy did was an act of terror. He didn't want to profit crime. It wasn't a crime of opportunity. He wanted to terrorize the people of New York who ride the subways and other people. So now he's being charged in federal court, and I say good. Now, a lot of people disagree with that, all right? Because should someone die, and thank God, and that is a miracle, by the way. If you don't believe it's Holy Week and Passover, you don't believe in God, that guy goes in and starts spraying everybody, Ten are hit and nobody dies? Mm-hmm. That's a literal miracle. Yeah. Okay? Agreed. So the feds can give them the death penalty, but not New York State. Think about that. And the feds will expedite the prosecution. By the time New York State gets around to it, it'll be 15 years from now. That's how screwed up our criminal justice system is. So I'm happy the feds grabbed him on the terror charges. We'll never see him again, which is what he wanted. Most no of these question. guys want to die. He didn't want to die. He wanted to be institutionalized for the rest of his life. He got what he wanted. Yes, after spewing all that hatred, uh, racial hatred, and all kinds of vicious stuff on uh, Facebook and elsewhere. But, Bill, quickly, the Parental Rights Act down in Florida, uh, you talked about this on the No Spin News. Families fed up with uh, Disney. 
Uh, is Disney done after this? They I lost think $2 so. billion you think last their year. Image is coming back? What's you that think now? Disney's image is coming back? I don't no. think so. Nope. The poll out this week says 70% of Americans don't want to do business with Disney anymore. I mean, that's pretty. I mean, the guy, the CEO, I forget his name, he's done. Right, you'll see him uh, booted out of there. And now the Disney board, and, and even worse is what they do in China. Did you know Disneyland Shanghai um, pumps $5 billion into the Disney operation every year? No, and Disney just kisses the butts of those human rights violators in Beijing. Mm, I, I did a big thing on this. Mm. So, so Disney's saying, oh, Florida's violating the human rights of the LGBT. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, China, you do whatever you want. Go ahead, put them in concentration camps. And you know what's funny, Bill? That's they just, the thing. just uh, this new Harry Potter movie, China made them take out some gay references in the new Harry Potter movie. And yes, and Disney still does business with them. Yet in Florida, they're you know, uh, you know, against it's this uh, parental right. Yeah, exactly, it's hypocrisy, <laughs> exponential hypocrisy. You're not telling me that Harry Potter's in transition, are you? Uh, yeah, right. That's funny. That's, that'll be next. <laughs> that will be. Hey, one more question. Uh, it was brought up uh, last segment. Elon Musk uh, trying to take over Twitter. We know that this uh, Frank James, for example, had all this racial stuff on YouTube. No problem. That can stay up there. But people like Donald Trump are banned for life. Here comes Elon Musk on his white horse, maybe to the rescue. This hostile takeover. I don't know what that means. Could, in other words, if he offers money, can't Twitter just say no? Or can he just take it over yes, if he wants this to? This is a publicity stunt. And by the way, the white horse that Elon Musk rides is an electric horse. <laughs> yeah, Very good point. Doesn't poop. It just, you know. So what Musk is doing is very clever. He's bringing attention to the fact that the most powerful communications system in the world, Twitter, is corrupt. And he's saying to the world, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to buy it out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He's not going to get it done. But he is drawing attention to it. Here's the kicker. The Russian government still has a Twitter site. Donald Trump does not. So does the Taliban have a Twitter yeah, site? Yeah, but 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 that's that's what he's trying to change, though. So Sid's question is: We're ignorant. We don't know. We, we, we thought maybe you might know. The fact that it's a hostile takeover, Bill, does that not mean that even though Twitter doesn't want to give it to them, they might be forced to because of some I don't know economic financial. No, he would have to get. The majority of the stockholders in Twitter to overthrow um, the guys that run it. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. No, I don't no, think never. so. Nope. It's nope. very, very difficult. But if anybody on earth could do it, uh, it would be Musk. But mm. I told Musk myself, I said, look, just put Dorsey in one of your little rockets. And <laughs> hang him out, Dorsey, the CEO. Yeah, yeah. One no, way. he's actually gone. Dorsey's been gone for a couple of months. So the new guy's not much better. But you're right. See, that- you're smarter than I am. I thought Dorsey was still there with the big beard. He's nah. gone? Yeah, he's gone now for about four wow. or five months. Yeah, wow. gonna, I-, I think I saw him in Turks Caicos, by the way, just wandering around going, I used to be the CEO of Twitter. Sid's going to isolate this clip. You're smarter than I am. <laughs> That's, that's going to yeah, live on in eternity. I got to be honest. I did not know Dorsey was out of there. I yeah. should have known it. No, he is gone. But uh, another great appearance today, Bill. We missed you last week. It really was not the same. So thank God you're back. We love you. Enjoy the uh, the warm weather. Let's go Mets. We'll do it again next week. All right, guys. Thanks as always. Bye. You're the best. Bill O'Reilly right here on Bernie and Sid. Fourth and final hour, including Democratic gubernatorial hopeful Tom Swazi. 
Bernie and Sid will be right back. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart computers at WABCradio.tv. Joining us now, he's a congressman out of Nassau County. He used to be the county executive uh, here in Nassau County, but uh, now he's running for governor of the state of New York, actually running him in, in the primary as a Democrat against uh, Kathy Hochul, his name is Tom Swazi. Let's bring him in. Uh, good, good morning, Congressman Tom Swazi. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. You got it, Tom. Not, not at nice all. It's back. a pleasure, uh, Tom. Yeah, nice to have you back. Listen, uh, Kathy Hochul uh, just really, really embarrassed herself a couple of days ago. The day of the uh, shooting in the subway by this uh, terrorist, this uh, black nationalist guy, whatever he is, uh, she was terrible, terrible. But even worse than that, the same day her lieutenant governor was indicted for corruption and uh, you have something to say about that, and it's, it bodes well for your political fortune in the future, I would imagine, Tom Swazi. Well, listen, there's a public safety crisis in New York City. There's a crime crisis going on. She hasn't taken it seriously. She actually put a lieutenant governor who just got arrested in charge of her failed bail reform effort. Uh, he was in charge of negotiating with the legislature. Uh, when she picked her lieutenant governor, we knew he had all these scandals swirling around him. It was the first thing she did as governor, and it just shows her lack of experience and her poor judgment. Uh, we've got some serious problems in our state with crime, the highest taxes in America, and she's not taking them seriously. Yeah, no, we know that already. By the way, Tom, I happened to like you. You were on with me and Bernie on Columbus Day, and ironically, about an hour and a half later, as I sat in that convertible Cadillac before the parade, you walked over and said hello, which was very, very nice. I saw you that day at the parade. And we like you. You did a good job on this show way back when. But the last time we spoke to you, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it didn't sound to us like you were altogether against bail reform either. So where we're coming from is, unless you're totally against it and just want to completely, completely reform the whole thing, then to be honest, you're not a heck of a lot different than Kathy Hochul. So what's the difference? I couldn't be more different than Kathy Hochul than you can imagine. I mean, the bottom line is, is cash bail. I was county executive in Nassau County. Yep. I ran the 12th largest police department in the United States of America, bigger than Detroit or Boston. I had a corrections facility uh, that was under federal control. I turned it around. Now, I know that it's not fair when somebody gets arrested for a misdemeanor and gets 100 or $200 in bail and they can't pay it and they languish in jail. There used to be guys from the private sector who would actually raise money to get those people out of jail. So cash bail itself doesn't make sense. But you have to give every judge the discretion to consider dangerousness of the people that come before them, like you have in every, every other state in the United States of America, like you have at the federal federal level. So the the legislature completely got this wrong. When Chris Christie did it over in New Jersey and they got rid of cash bail, they put in a dangerousness standard. You have to have a dangerousness standard. That's common sense. So, you know, we've completely gone the wrong way. We had crime down to some of its lowest levels in the history of New York City. We had lower complaints against the cops. We'd actually found the secret sauce and they went in and they changed a bunch of laws and they screwed the whole thing up. Leadership matters. Kathy Hochul is not being a leader. Crime is a major problem. People are terrified. You need all hands on deck. We have to change these laws, and we have to hold criminals accountable. And we have to 
get the mentally ill off the streets. We have to give judges and family members and, and social workers and other people the power to go before the courts to get the mentally ill off the streets. Sounds so we got good. a major crisis, and she's treating it as an afterthought. Uh, well, uh, Tom Swazi, that sounds very good. You're saying all the right things right now here. Yep. But I would point this out. Uh, this guy who uh, actually wrote as state senator, he wrote the uh, no cash bail law. He voted for it. His name is Todd Kaminsky. He ran for uh, Nassau County prosecutor and uh, Democrat County exec in Nassau County, Laura Curran. She supported him. And because of that, she lost. My question to you is, did you support Todd Kaminsky uh, for prosecutor, Nassau County prosecutor, or did you support his opponent? that I must have supported him because he was a Democratic candidate, but I mean, I didn't, it wasn't like it was a big thing. Well, that, that's uh, a big thing. That's a huge thing. I also she, supported Laura Curran. I mean, listen, guys, I know, your, I know your, your status on a lot of these different issues. The bottom line is I'm a Democrat. I've been a Democrat my whole life. I'm a, I'm a old, new kind of old-fashioned Democrat, though. Democrats, regular people, care about taxes. They care about crime. We have the highest taxes in the United States of America in Thanks New York to Democrats. State. People are leaving our state. People are leaving our states in droves. What's that? Say that again. Thanks to Democrats and the one-party rule in the state that we have well, that. Listen, yes, you're right. This, the, 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 it is one-party rule in the state right now, and that's a problem. And it always has been a problem wherever it is, whether it's Republican one-party rule rule like we had in Nassau County for so many years, or whether it's one-party rule with Democrats in New York City over the years, one-party rule is always a problem. One-party politics or no competition is what kills politics. People are dying in the Ukraine right now for freedom and democracy. Freedom and democracy is politics. Politics is supposed to be a competition. I've got better experience than you do. I've got better ideas than you. I can lift more people up than you can. I can do a better job than you can. We don't have that competition in New York State. It's an insider's fixed game and i am bringing a competition to this race and i'm going to win this race against kathy hochel because you know why i'm talking about the things that people care about i have the experience i'm a cpa i'm a lawyer i was the mayor of my small city of glen cove the county executive of nassau county a member of congress i'm a proven executive number two i'm a common sense democrat i'm sick of the far left i'm sick of the far right i want people to work together to actually help people and number three i'm saying very clearly what i'm working on i want to reduce crime i want to cut taxes and I want to help these kids in these schools that have been left behind for generations. We can do these things, but we need the people to be involved. Enough of this, you know, attacking each other just because, oh, I'm not going to work with you because you're a Democrat. I'm not going to work with you because you're a Republican. I'm not going to work with you because you're a progressive. You're, you're a conservative. You're a moderate. Let's work together and actually help the people and fix the problems. Because you know why? Our state is losing right now. People are leaving our state in droves. And unless we get our acts together and start working together and start doing the stuff that people want to do, we're not going to have a state. When I was born, there were 45 members of Congress from New York State, 1962. I'm going to be 60 this year. We had 45 members of Congress from New York State. Today we have 27 members of Congress, and it's going down to 26 because people are leaving in droves. Everybody on your, your show who's listening right now knows somebody who moved to Florida, moved to North Carolina, moved to South Carolina, moved to Texas, moved to Georgia. We have to stand up and take our state back and fight for the people. And it's about crime, and it's about taxes, and it's about these kids that have been left behind in schools. You know, let me reiterate what uh, Bernie said moments ago. You're saying all the right things. And I did uh, describe you earlier in the show, Tom Swazi, as more of a centrist, uh, not a progressive, one of these crazy Democrats. But here's my fear for somebody like you, okay? My fear is is that it's become so combative that the Democrats hate Republicans and Republicans hate Democrats, that because there is that D in front of your name, which forces you to vote for somebody like Todd Kaminsky, 
that Republicans just won't listen. And uh, the folks in the middle, they're going to want somebody who is a little tougher because the city and state is falling apart. So my point to you is uh, you're in a tough spot because because of what the what the nature of the political fight is right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes total sense. Listen, I've been I've been in politics a long time. Okay, I was mayor for eight years, county executive for eight years, and Congress for five and a half years. I've given up Congress. I could stay in Congress for the rest of my life and keep on getting reelected like the rest of these other guys do. I'm giving it up because I'm so sick and tired of everybody fighting with each other. I'm so sick and tired of people leaving our state and people not focusing on the issues. And I'm sick of my party not talking about the stuff that people care about. In Congress, I'm the vice chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus. Twenty nine Democrats, twenty nine Republicans. We actually meet together to try and find common ground with each other. You know how hard that is in Washington these days? The only reason we got an infrastructure bill that even Mitch McConnell voted for, that guy doesn't vote for anything, a bipartisan deal, is because we worked across party lines. People, Every politician says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I've got things in my record throughout my career that show that I will fight for the people. I did FixAlbany.com where I went against Shelly Silver and Joe Bruno to try and get them cap on Medicaid that saved people billions of dollars throughout the United States. I ran against Spitzer on a property tax cap. Now, I've done stuff that you guys wouldn't like, I'm sure. I'm a Democrat. You don't like a lot of stuff Democrats do. But I have always fought for the people. Even people who are against me know that Tom Swazi, number one, is capable, and number two, he's honest. So you can beat me up on whatever you want to beat me up on, but I'm going to fight for the people, and I'll work with anybody. I'll work with Democrats, I'll work with Republicans, I'll work with progressives, I'll work with moderates, I'll work with conservatives, I'll work with anybody if you actually want to help the people. So I really appreciate you guys letting me come on your show. Well, no problem. uh, Well, listen, listen. Tom, listen to this. So the, the, there's a coming red wave. You might have been swept up in that red wave in Congress, just to be frank. But I want to ask you about this uh, Florida law, the Parental Rights Act, which prohibits uh, teachers from talking sex, genitals, stuff like that with kids, kindergarten to th- uh, third grade. Uh, are you uh, do you support that Parental Rights Act or are you uh, of the Democrat I persuasion? I think it's a very reasonable law not to try and get kids in kindergarten to be talking about sex. I mean, that's very reasonable. And so I totally understand that. I wish it wouldn't become such a hot button issue where people are just attacking each other. It's just common sense. I don't want some teacher talking to my kid at you know, kindergarten or first grade about their, their sex parts. I mean, this just doesn't make sense. No, I like that. So, I like yeah, that me a lot. too. I like oh, what I absolutely. hear. I like what I hear. Yeah, you're going, to be a hard, you're going to have a hard time, Bernie, as you know, finding a Democrat to, uh, to, to say that, that it doesn't make sense, and uh, Tom well, listen, is a good I, parent. I want to be very clear, okay? I'm very much in favor of, you know, equal rights. I'm very much in favor of, you know, treating gay people fairly and give, treating them like the human beings. So are we. Are. Like, like us. So are we. Exactly right. 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 But, but, what, but, what, but what we're not in favor of is is turning this country upside down and, and uh, dedicating policy and drawing up policy based on 3% or in some cases 1% of the population. That's what sickens me and Bernie. Right. Yeah. And listen, I, I, I completely understand. Listen, people have got to start being able to talk to each other again. Trying to just like we can disagree with each other on stuff. Doesn't mean we have to hate each other or attack each other. We got to work together to actually help the people. The people have had it. They're, they're, they're choking. People are afraid yeah. to take the subway. People can't pay their bills. They can't pay their utility bills. Their taxes. They can't take it. And this Kathy Hochul, she's given a billion dollars to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, oh. that's, that's a big victory in the budget. Is to give a billion dollars. 
to the Buffalo Bills for that. We all oh. love the Bills, but that's, no, we don't all love the Bills. I'm a Giant fan. That's her husband. But uh, <laughs> but so let me ask you this: You, you keep your, you, you know we agree with you on Kathy Hochul. We think she's doing a horrible job, and and she should not be in that position. I think the only person doing worse than Kathy Hochul is Joe Biden. Are you ready to agree on that too on this show? No, I'm not. You think Joe Biden's doing a good job? I think that Joe Biden's in a very tough situation. And the one thing that really we should be crediting him with now, we have to stick together Democrats and Republicans, is we need to keep the Western world united against Russia. We have to hold them together. And holding Europe together with us and Japan and South Korea and Australia and these other countries, especially Germany, has been very difficult. Holding everybody together is not an easy thing to do in the, in the, in the international arena these days. So we got to support that. You know, it used to be foreign policy stop. Well, politics stops at the water's edge. We got to hold together when it comes to foreign policy, and we need to hold together on, on foreign policy. We need to we need to hold together. We need to keep the whole Western world united against Russia, uh, and that's going to every problem today is complicated. You can't solve a complicated problem in an environment of fear and anger. We got to learn to talk to each other and try and work with each other. True, and one way to stand up to Russia would be to uh, unleash our energy sector. Uh, start pumping, uh, drilling for oil, allow the pipelines to flow, allow, for, if, if, if you became governor, for example, would you oppose or would you uh, allow for fracking here in New York State, allow some of these pipelines to be built that Governor Cuomo uh, thwarted these past few years? Uh, what would your position be on that? And Joe Biden, uh, uh, you know, shutting down the energy sector. I was named the environmentalist of the year by the New York League of Conservation Voters. I've got awards for cleaning up polluted sites as mayor of my hometown, preserving open spaces. I'm like Mr. Environmentalist. But the reality is we can't do this stuff in New York on our own. That's why our utility prices are going through the roof. You can't say we're going to be the green place. We're going to be the green place. We're going to do it all on our own. And we're not going to get the help from the federal government because the federal government has not passed these subsidies, which they should. Uh, and as a result, businesses are leaving New York State, going across the border, doing the exact same pollution across the border. We're losing the tax base. We're losing the jobs. And we still get the same pollution. So when you look at these issues of trying to address uh, the global climate change, which I believe is real, you have to do it in a, in a realistic way that is not going to force people out of their jobs. You can't close down these natural gas plants, for example. I don't think we should have closed down of the nuclear power plants until we have a plan to replace that with cleaner burning energy. We Amen. should be trying to get, we should be trying to get liquid, liquefied natural gas from America sold to the Europeans so they don't have to buy the, the, the more polluting, dangerous uh, uh, gas, uh, the oil, I should say, from Russia. We should be using the stuff we have in America. Now, listen, there's been some misleading stuff here. There are more, there's more production going on in America than there's ever been before, right now as we speak. There's permits that are available on federal land. There are permits available to be pumping right now. All of this comes down to business. You know, people get us fighting with each other as Democrats and Republicans, and really it's the business guys that got us all choked up against each other. We have to stop fighting with each other and stop letting the, the, the status quo beneficiaries getting us to fight with each other. Because if we're fighting with each other, we don't change anything. We don't change anything. The status quo stays the same, and the people who are making money off the current system are very happy. Thank you very much. All right, last one. I know you're a big sports fan. You ever see a quarterback win a game, and he's got the game coming next, and they go, who would you rather face? Would you rather face the Bills or the Chiefs? He goes, I don't care who I put the face. We're going to win anyway. So uh, assuming you beat Kathy Hochul, and uh, we hope you do. We honestly hope you do. Who do you want to face next? Lee Zeldin? Andrew Giuliani? 
or Rob Astorino? Well, listen, I know uh, two of them well, one of them not as well. Uh, you know, Zeldin and I serve in Congress together. Our lockers near each other in the gym. When, uh, uh, Astorino used to be county executive of Westchester County. I was national county executive. He's a lovely guy. Uh, Julian, I don't know as well. I've just met him a couple times. I don't care who it is. I mean, the reality is, is if I am the Democratic nominee, I'm going to win the race because uh, it's a Democratic state generally. Uh, I think Hochul, if she wins the primary, I, she's going to have a tough time because between her scandals, between her, her record, between the fact that she's not talking about the issues people care about, crime and taxes, she'll have a hard time. So uh, I hope that people will, will rise up and support me in this race because I'm going to fight for the people. And, I'm well, gonna listen, fight, and I've been doing it my whole career. Uh, Tom Swazi, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. You're a great sport and you, you're a you, you you say some of the right things. To, yep. It's refreshing to hear from a Democrat. Yep. Uh, so, uh, listen, Godspeed down the road, uh, Tom Swazi, and uh, I will speak to you again down the line. Hey, guys, I really appreciate it. Listen, it doesn't matter what I say. It matters what I've done. And I've got a, a record, and I'll run on my record, and uh, I'm going to fight for the people, and I appreciate you guys giving me a shot. You Thanks. got it, Tom. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on. Tom Swazi. Uh, out of Long Island here on Bernie and Sid. We need a contestant right now for Beat Bernie. Comes your way at 940 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Bernie and Sid, 77 WABC. Tom Swazi. It's good. You know, he um, he, had, he admitted that he, he had to support Kaminsky because he had a D in front of his name. It didn't sound like he it was a enthusiastic endorsement of bro, Brad Kaminsky. Bro, I got him good right there. No, Let's you got him. You got him. He, he was talking about, yeah, I support I, I, uh, Kathy Hochul's bail reform. And then he supported the, the guy right. who wrote the bill. And but, he was like, well... Uh, but it, but it, it does go to show you that it is the letter before the name that governs. That's the bottom line, because he disagrees well, with it, but he had to vote for Kaminsky because he's a Democrat. He, he, he knew he wasn't running for Congress again. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. He could have, uh, just like Laura Kern, she could have broke ranks. It would have got her reelected, and it didn't. But they don't so, do uh, that. See, Democrats don't do that. They just I know don't. They don't. You know that. To, the, to, the, to, to Laura Kern's peril, she didn't do that. Yes, that's well, right. For, and, for a long time, it was to their credit, and now it is turning into their peril. Because I couldn't stand to watch guys like Mitch McConnell. I still can't. Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Murkowski, who are countless Cheney, constantly stabbing the backs of all the Republicans. And say what you want about Democrats. They don't do that. They do stick together, even if it is going to cost them their job. There is something to be said about loyalty. And they do well, do that. Well, there's also something to be said about pr- protecting citizens from b- being murdered. No doubt. In no the doubt. streets. No doubt. And that's what this no-cash-bail law is. This, this is a, a, to, to reform it is to be for the people to be for innocent victims, and to uh, coddle people who wrote the bill is to, uh, to, to, to give the middle finger to the victims yeah. and the electorate. And that's why it was such a big deal. And uh, anyway, it was an interesting moment. It was. Him. It was. I mean, I mean you was, a couple other times, you know, he did talk about um, uh, the, the energy sector. Yeah, uh, that doing was that good. Here. Like that, that was good. Uh, there were two or three times where he uh, was on our side of the aisle, and we don't get that often when Democrats are on. We just don't. They're, they're usually so, one-sided. All the more reason to root for Kathy Hochul to get the nomination so that our guy, uh, uh, the Republican, wins. Right. Because, uh, if, right. If, if, it's the same thing with uh, Curtis Lee were running against Eric Adams. If Curtis Lee had to run against Maya Wiley, 
he would have had a much better chance. Right. If uh, Lee Zeldin or Astorino or Giuliani has to run against Swazi, they may have a tougher time than if they have to run against Hochul. Oh, 100%. Because so they, the they do re- appeal to both sides. Exactly. Right. So, so uh, yeah. But yeah, it was interesting, too. Uh, the Parental Rights Act, he came out. He says, I don't want a, a kid, you know, teachers, anybody talking to kids about sex, a kindergartners. I would say not just kindergartners. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, second. All of them. Agreed. None of the grades. Keep Agreed. it out of the schools. Yeah. But anyway, he at least that that was his concession, kindergartners. Okay, I'll take that. I think he afforded himself well. He reached out to us. Just so you know, folks, we did not reach out to Tom Swazi. He reached out to us, asked if he can come on uh, yesterday after the show was over. So we put him on today, which also goes to show you the juice that me and Bernie have in this town now. That And this happens all the time. Politicians ringing our phones to come on the show all the time. So we did reach out. We put him on. And I thought he afforded himself well. Here is Gracie in Rockland County on line 7, Bernard. Gracie, good morning. You're on with Bernie and Sid. How are you? Uh, hi, guys. Listen, you boys were terrific with him. You held his feet to the fire. You did a beautiful interview. But he did a dance, and with the, the oil, okay, with the leases, what he said sounded good. But to get a lease, the government, the Biden government, is making everybody do a grand Watusi and costing a lot of money to get those leases. Right. Oil gas companies are not going to invest if... Um, they're going to not be able to pump it out of the ground, okay? Everything sounds good with these people. No, you're right. You're right, But when you dig a little deeper, they're all full of it. And when a vase is broken with 20 cracks, you throw (laughs) it out. If it only has two cracks, you glue it. New York State has 100 cracks. God bless you, Bernie. I'm praying for you every day. I'm a Catholic school girl. I love you. Bye. I love you, too. Thank you, Gracie, very, very much. (laughs) And one other thing about Swazi saying I could stay in Congress the rest of my life. Remember, uh, two years ago, he won by the skin of his teeth. Remember, we had the, what was his name? Uh, the, the gay Latino George guy? George Santos. George Santos. Why do I we remember he, that? <laughs> we thought he won. We yeah. had him on and we were like congratulating him. Yeah. And this red wave that's coming here in November, uh, but I, I, I think Swazi would be swept up in that wave and there, there's going to be a Republican replacing yep. him at that point. Maybe Santos. Yeah. The one thing, too, that um, I was a little disappointed. Again, for the most part, I thought he'd afforded himself well. I really do. I even sent him a test congratulating him. But uh, the Biden thing, you, you cannot, I know you're a Democrat, and maybe he hates Donald Trump, maybe he doesn't. You cannot go on anywhere publicly and say that Biden is doing a good job because you know he's doing a horrendous job. And then to try to prove your point, bring up this nonsense with Ukraine and Russia. I mean, my God, we got nine billion problems in our country right now. We don't care uh, what goes on every day with Ukraine and Russia. And the truth is, he hasn't done a, good, a very good job there at all. I mean, people are making no. fun of him all over the world. Saudi Arabia are doing SNL bits on Joe Biden. Exactly right. But if you go to uh, the origins of the war, the Russians were amassing tanks and troops for months, for months. And that was the time to uh, send the, the Ukrainians all the armaments they needed then to prevent the Russians from invading in the first place. That was the time to put the sanctions on the Russians to prevent them from doing it in the first place. Inflict the pain early, and then they'd say, you know what? We don't need this. We're not going to invade. Take the sanctions off of us. So it was because Joe Biden was president that we had a Ukraine invasion in the first place. Agreed. Milo is in Astoria, Queens. Bernie, on line eight. Good morning, Milo. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Bernie, you sound good, babe. God bless you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Thank two- you, bro. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Two things. 
you guys have you guys noticed that when they when Democrats are backed in the corner, they start they start bringing up Ukraine and Russia, and then once you say, all right, what do you got to say about Biden? Like like they're scared because this freaking this president we got, man, he's decrepit, freaking dementia-ridden freaking clown that we got. The worst like, ever. They, they have nothing bad to say about this clown, right, man. Right, right. We did you notice that. It, 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 ha- it happened just now with Tom Swazi. Yeah. yeah. I know. I just listened yeah. to it. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. You know? That's, what, that's why you can't take it seriously. Man, I'm, I'm 46 years old. I remember when I was in eighth grade, that's when they started having sex education in class. You cannot teach these kids freaking kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third. Man, I got, a, I got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, two girls. Let me tell you something. If, if a teacher tries to teach my daughters at that age, I'm going to go there and drop kick them, man. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Listen, you can call I me like and Bernie. It. We'll take the ride with you and help you out. How about that? It'll be a whole Billy Bat scene and, and, uh, between, between all three of those guys. It'll be me, you, and Bernie if they tried that with our daughters as well. We agree 100%. Absolutely right. Uh, listen, uh, we're going to play Beat Bernie. Speaking of beating people up, Beat Bernie is coming up next, sponsored by <laughs> Peerless Boilers. <laughs> It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Manny in Brooklyn is a letter carrier. Though he carries letters. Manny, what's going on, brother? How are you this morning? Good me. How are you, brother? I'm great. Where in Brooklyn are you, pal? I'm in Diker. Oh, baby. I'm in love Oh, very nice. We I love deliver in Bensonhurst. Oh, you deliver in Bensonhurst. I got you. Yeah, uh, I know those areas nice. very, very well, of course. A poly prep boy myself right there in Dyker Heights. Well, uh, good luck in today's game, Manny. You know how the game is played. I'll ask right. you five questions. Bernie, the same five. And if you get more correct, you've got cash and prizes coming your way. How does that sound? Sounds good. Just don't give me any presidential questions. Uh, what do you mean? I'm not good in that. What, but oh, that, man, I always screw up with that. I love doing that. All right. Game well, over. That's what the game is. I mean, <laughs> I know. Oh, did you think you were calling okay, Boomer and Geo for Met Trivia or something? I mean, Gio. <laughs> Leon Jones. That's right, Don Hahn. Uh, number one, Manny, wow. here we go. Only 32 senators and 17 governors were members of what political party back in 1965? Uh, the Wicks. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. Believe it or not, it's the Republican Party, which I imagine you are one of those. Really? Yeah. What, what nickname did Sea Captain William Driver give to the American flag? Old Glory? Yes. Very good. Nicely done, okay. Manny. For over 150 years, what state ranked first in population? Don't think too hard. Easy. California. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Son of a bitch. I just said don't think you uh, are. The, You're uh, in New York. You're in Bay Ridge. New York? <laughs> New oh York, yes. God. okay. All right, number four. The greatest single source of water power in the U.S., the Grand Coulee Dam, is located in what state? Nevada. That is incorrect. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax. You'll be taking a Hoover Dam. Yeah, yes, that is right. It's it's in Washington, the Cooley Dam. Finally, number five, one American politician, most notable for being the boss of Tammany Hall, connived his way to control of the New York City Treasury in the 1870s. I know that name. Uh, um, 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 Oh, my God. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I do know it. Mm. Shoot. 
Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't know it, so. I no, give you... I do know it. Well, well the answer is uh, William Wrong, Foss back of Tweed. William Foss Tweed. Tough game, tough game. Yeah. You got yep. one right. Nah. Let's uh, see if Bernie fares any better. No, you weren't embarrassing. Stay on hold, Manny. And uh, here comes Bernie. Bernie, Manny got one right. It was, it was very embarrassing. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, maybe I'll only get one right, and he it's won't very, be so embarrassed. It's a very tough game today, very tough. Okay. Here's number one, Bernard. Only 32 senators and 17 governors were members of what political party back in 1965? How many governors? There were 32 senators and 17 governors in 65. 32 senators out of 100 were part of one party. Yeah. I would say uh, I'd have to go with Republican. That is correct. He said the Whig Party. So you've already tied him at 1-1. One, the, one. the Whig Party yeah. in 65? Yeah, here's number two. That is embarrassing. Yeah, what nickname did Sea Captain William Driver give to the American flag? Old Glory. Right. You've already won today's game. Let's move on to number three. For over 150 years, what state nicknamed, excuse me, what state ranked first in population? Ranked first. For over 150 years. Yes. Number one in population. Uh, that would have to. Would have to be the state of New York. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think California's got its feet now. Number four, the greatest single source of water power in the U.S., the Grand Coulee Dam, is located in what state? The Grand Coulee Dam. Now, yeah. the Hoover Dam is Nevada. Right. He actually said that, too. So the Grand Coulee Dam would be in, uh, I'd have to say it's in the West. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go with... Uh, Wyoming. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Not terrible. It is the state of Washington. Finally, in your attempt to go four out of five. Begins with a W. Yes, it does. What American politician, most notable for being the boss of Tammany Hall, connived his way to control of the New York City Treasury back in the 1870s? Abe Beam. No, it was uh, Boss Tweed. Nice! Nicely done. Bernie wins today. Beats Manny, who's a very nice guy, by a final score of 4-1. to one. Bernie, say hello to Manny. Manny, uh, a good effort. Listen, don't be embarrassed. Uh, you know, sometimes I go one for five. God. Bernie, that was bad. <laughs> I uh, there was easy some... on you, Bernie. I took it you easy did. on you. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I, let's go with that. I appreciate that, Manny. Yeah. Manny, where are you from there, bro? I'm in Brooklyn. I'm Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, this... Sid knows that uh, hood. Uh, so how you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you you planning an escape or are you staying put? You have hope for the city or what? Well, you know, you want to know? It's funny you say that. I'm moving in with my girlfriend the beginning of this month in May. I want to build no basin, and uh, plan is three years. I'm going to Florida. My sister That's lives in uh, Mill Basin, right off of wow. um, Mayfair Drive. Yes. You know what that is? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yes. So we'll I'm go- in, uh, actually, I'm on a I'm on a border, near, more closer to Bergen Beach. Oh, okay, very good. We're close to there, too. We'll go to La Villa every now and then in Mo Basin, so we'll see you there. Uh, I'm banned from there for my girlfriend. They didn't give us bread once, and now she's blacklisted them. Uh, so, Manny, if, if the city... You can't go to La Villa anymore. What's up? If the city turns around, would you stay, or uh, it's a foregone conclusion you're out? You know what? My girlfriend hates the cold weather. I'm kind of done with it, too, shoveling and everything. I'm going to be 60 right. in June, so... Right. I think I've had it, man. My daughter's going to – oh, um, Sid, my daughter's the one that went to Lynn University 
Oh, that's you. Yeah, I told you. My house is literally two miles away in Boca Raton from Lynn. In fact, I'll tell you something. The reason why I'm in this job today, this dream job with Bernard, was when I decided down in South Florida a decade ago to get into politics along with sports. I actually went to a presidential debate between Mitt Romney and Barack Obama at Lynn University, where your daughter goes. That's where it all started for me. Yeah. Great place. Yep. Great place. And Great school. I'm looking, for the, looking forward to the one way. And Bernie, God bless yeah. you. You're, you're putting up a good fight. You got this, brother. You're the man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Manny. Uh, keep, keep listening. Call back and try again. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. We're going to close out the show uh, on the Bernie and Sid Show, 1-800-848-922, if you want to weigh in. We're coming right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. All righty, folks. About to wrap up this, uh, what an amazing Thursday show. From Nick Langworthy to Joe Tacopina, it was great. Bill O'Reilly, amazing, too. Even Tom Swazi was very good. We just about done. Tomorrow night is the first night of Passover. But, of course, uh, our Jewish brethren out there know that uh, getting ready for the first Seder takes a lot of preparation. And that's why I'm taking off tomorrow, because we need to prepare for the Seder. And, of course, tomorrow is also Good Friday. And that's why Bernie's taking off tomorrow, because he loves Jesus. I do love Jesus. See? And uh, who doesn't love Jesus? I mean, Jesus was a great person, a great individual whether or not you believe he, he was the son of God, he was the first great philosopher. Not the first. I, I'm sorry about that. He, yeah, he came along after like a Plato and those folks, right? right? right, right. I correct Socrates. And, I corrected yeah, myself. Yeah. I'm good. I got it. But you know what? If you said he didn't, I would still believe you. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know a couple, I know a couple of names. That's about the extent of it. But either way, this is, uh, yeah, this is a big weekend in the uh, Christian calendar as well as the Jewish calendar. It's funny yeah. how they both coincide. Uh, you, you have... Uh, uh, you have, what is it, uh, Yom Kippur? No, no, no. What no, is the it's Rosh Hashanah. No, no, no. Well, what happens is you have Hanukkah and Christmas. And and don't forget this Hanukkah, year. that's right. Yeah, and don't forget this year, Purim and St. Patrick's Day came out on the same day. So my son Gabe said to me yesterday, he said, why is it that a lot of our holidays coincide with the Christian holidays? And I said, it's just outside of Christmas and Hanukkah, which is always very close, and Easter and Passover, which is usually close. The rest of it is just coincidence. It's not, uh, I don't think it's. Uh, it's not by design. No, it's not. It's, like, it's not no. Hey, you know what? We want to take off with, with these Goyim over here. Right. So uh, let, let's create, uh, let's make something up. Uh, La Halloween, Purim, let's do that. St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> with the Goyim. <laughs> you like that? I do like that, yes. But I've been complaining for years with you. I have been your number one supporter. I'm like, this poor bastard, he only gets off his Christmas. You know, if it falls on a weekday or else, forget about it. Easter's on a Sunday. Nobody takes off Good Friday. You know, I mean, give the guy a day off. So tomorrow we're going to take off and uh, celebrate our religions by uh, doing nothing religious. Nothing. Uh, well, uh, not so fast. What do you mean? Uh, we're gonna, well, you're not going to go to church tomorrow. I, I may go to church. There's no and, chance. And very, very well may go to church Call tomorrow. Mike Green and tell him you love God, and that'll be your, you'll be done it's for the day. It's a holy day. Uh, I believe it's a holy day of obligation. And uh, Well, remember we had, this, fulfill, we, had this conver- my- we had this conversation years ago, you and I, and uh, Jill, and uh, we're trying to figure out between Holy Thursday and Good Friday, which was the holy day of obligation. And nobody loves you more than me, Bernie, but you screwed it up so badly that we started taking phone calls for like an hour, and you had everything backwards. I don't remember which was the right answer, but, I'm not, but, but I know that you had it wrong a couple years ago. Yeah, so, I had an off day. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Gilbert! Thank you, Gilbert, uh, Gilbert. Godfrey. 
There he is. I'm oh, going to go man. pray for Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Did you watch? I saw a bunch of tributes to Gilbert yesterday. Burn, did he send you those? It made me cry, actually. Uh, well, no, I saw uh, online. I saw a lot yeah. of tributes, but not, yeah. uh, not on TV. I didn't see. What did you see on TV? I saw on uh, Entertainment Tonight and uh, the, the other thing with, uh, who's the kid I like? Uh, Mario Lopez. They all did something for, the, for, uh, for Gilbert. Yeah, very sad. Very sad. Remember, he used to be on the Hollywood Squares too. He was. Great you know, I, on that. I forgot about that. He, but yeah, was he on? But it was not the old one with Paul Lynn, was it? No, 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 no. It was okay. after that. It was after it was, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The guy who used to host uh, Tom Bergeron used to host. Oh, Hollywood Tom Square. Bergeron, right? And it was with uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Was one of the uh, squares. He was, was he like the, the center square guy? No, upper right square. Gotcha, gotcha. They, and, have, to, they uh, have to have a gay guy in the center, right? It's not like. Is, don't you have to do that? Especially uh, well, no, today. I think, James J. Bullock and Paul Lynn, I don't think they were the center square. Really? They were the, they were the two guys. I don't, I don't believe they were no, the center Paul square. No, Paul Lynn was center. Yeah, Paul Lynn was center for sure. Okay, there you go. For You're sure. right. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Got to have a gay guy. Yeah, but that, by the way, that guy. is a great call out of you, uh, Bernard, the reference of the great Jim J. Bullock, who was on what famous TV show, Lou or Bernie? Besides the Hollywood Square. Yes, it's a hard one, but I'll give you a hint. Take it easy. Two daughters, one with blonde hair, gorgeous. One with black hair, gorgeous. Who's the, who's the baby? The center? father was Ted Knight. Oh. Who oh. you remember in Caddy Oh, Shaggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the boss? Yeah, don't know. No, you, you don't remember that show, guys? I know the show. No. He was a comic. He, he was a, co- a comic strip. He, very good. Ted Knight. Wow, what a great actor. He was a great actor. Uh, who's the boss? No? No, that would be Ted Danza. Uh, I mean, uh, Tony Danza. And Alyssa Milano, that was Who's the Boss. Was... Now I forgot the name of the goddamn TV show. <laughs> And now Mike Breen's going to yell at me because I said, uh, I use the Lord's name in vain. I apologize. Unnecessary. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> Bernie goes on Here comes the light. You know, he's supposed to stick up me, Bernie. Not throw me more under the bus. Unnecessary. Well, no, I mean, uh, you know. It <laughs> well, it was, bothered uh, me. I'm t- I can look it up. Today's Holy Thursday. It's no, no day to be uh, using right. the Lord's name in vain. You're right. I'm sorry. Son of a so bitch. Now you've got to go to, rap, to, go to uh, Temple. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I can't go to Temple. But you, like if you had done what I just did, you can just go see your local priest and... Um, Tell him you you know you did all these horrible things and he'll tell you to do sixty or seventy hail marys and you can do it again and tomorrow. And you can do it again, right? Oh, and you you have to wait. I got to wait till Yom Kippur, right? And then uh, pretend like you're fasting all day right. and, uh, and, and and you know meanwhile you're eating uh, you know M and M's and pork rinds and all that stuff. I tell you, stop! You're not supposed to tell everybody all the time. Come on, we know what time it is. It's uh, nine fifty-seven. Frankie Kravitz checks in. He says, "Too close for comfort." He's right. That was the name of the show, the great jeweler Frankie Kravitz. <laughs> Thank God. Now, now, just so you know, uh, Byrne, uh, tomorrow night we will have a traditional Seder in the Rosenberg household. Danielle uh, bought a brisket. She, we've got matzo. She's doing the whole thing. And we'll do that tomorrow and Saturday. But as I've told you many times before, Sunday, I'll be at the Sorrentino having veal parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hashi. But uh, that's well, how it goes in our household. Well, that's it. It's one day. Isn't it a one-day affair or no? No, it's, it's, no, it's uh, a whole week Passover. Jews oh, do it like Hanukkah. It's like the whole week, you know. And, but uh, but the, the Jews, the overwhelming majority of Jews are like me, and they do the first two nights a big deal, big satyrs, and then they're, they're off for the whole thing. You know, that's it. Well, that's why, uh, that's why you're going to hell, my friend. Well, that's why. That's why the whole world is falling apart. Because of Jews like me, I know. I know. Yeah. Disrespecting uh, the deity. I know. Is everybody home? Are both your kids home this weekend for Easter burn? Uh, yes, they'll be here for Easter. Good. We're going to have a grand old time. It's going to be great. Really, nice. Seriously, it's going to be beautiful. Is your dad coming in? Or? No, not this weekend. Okay. Uh, gotcha. No. Logistics uh, just weren't available. Gotcha. Well, listen, uh, happy Easter well, to you, your beautiful wife, Carol, your two gorgeous children. 
and uh, enjoy your, your day off tomorrow. You deserve it in a big, big way. And you and I will do this again come Monday morning. How does that sound? Same to you, Sydney. Happy uh, Passover. All the love to uh, you and your family. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again on Monday. Thank you. Uh, Lou Rafino. great job today. Happy Easter. Great job out of Phil. Filling in for the injured Luke Lagrano. Frankie Diaz with an E. Justin Ellick, Deb Valentine, the whole crew. Happy Easter. Happy Passover. From all of us, folks, to all of you, until 6 a.m. Monday morning, we are Bernie and Sid. Peace. Peace. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.